Hello and welcome to the Emotive Pixels podcast. So this is our mini, and by mini we mean reduced uh, cast episode for Tomb Raider, either the 2013 edition or the definitive edition. We each played, we all three of us played a different ep- edition. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start with the same thing we started with last time on the <laughs> hidden episode, which is what our first experience with Warcraft is. I am Will Atkinson. Um, I played the original Tomb Raider and a couple of the ones in between, um, as well as watched most of the movies. I think I might have fallen asleep through one of them. They were just that bad. But um, other than she's Angelina hot. Jolie. Is, she's hot. She was pretty hot until she cut off her boots. Wait, what? What? She had oh, a vol- oh, okay, I, I, voluntary I, I, double mastectomy. I thought you, I thought but you anyway, go on. The movie. I was like, oh. she did, there was, that was not a scene. Voluntary double mastectomy. Yeah. Um. But anyway, you are? Uh, I'm Den, and my first exposure to Lara Croft's boobs was uh, <laughs> in one of the movies. I think it was the first one, but I can't remember which one. What was the scene? Uh, shower scene? That was the first one. That, they were wet. That was the first one. They were wet. As was Den. I was, yeah, well. And you are? Uh, my name's Alberto. Uh, my... First experience to the Tomb Raider, or as I've been calling it recently, Womb Raider uh, series, uh, right? has been, <laughs> uh, was also through the, the movies. Um, I do remember one point in time when I was younger, I did see a buddy of mine playing Tomb Raider on the PlayStation, um, like with the really, really bad pixelated graphics. Um, I played like maybe two minutes of it and didn't ever continue. Uh, until Tomb Raider came out for the uh, the new generation or the now generation. So there, so this is like the third reboot. So there was actually a, a oh. set of games in between, which were pretty decent, decent, all right. What was um, the the first reboot called? Uh, I could look it up, but I can't really remember. Okay. Oh, speaking of which, um, I should close the laptop next to the recording stuff. Oh. It can cause okay. strange interference stuff. Hope that didn't work out. Um, so, putting it straight out on the table, this is the second attempt at trying to record this. So, uh, we may or may not hit all the same points, but we do did keep a couple of notes of the things that we talked about last time. To make up for it being a retelling, though, we are all buzzed. <laughs> Some more than others. Some more than others, particularly me. I am <laughs> getting redder by the second. Um, so we want to do a quick recap? Oh, yes. Correct. Right. So the first thing we normally do is a recap of the story, yeah. and Alberto is our... Recapper? Recapper? Historian? El hombre de la recap? El hombre de resumen, which is not... Res- or sorry, whatever. Anyway. Yes, tell us a recap, please. Uh, what so is the story about? The story is about the origins of... Laura Croft becoming the Tomb Raider. Um, she starts out, or I guess you start out as playing as her, and she's very naive about, you know, killing people or this, that, and the other. Uh, she's well, okay. When it starts out, well, I, she's actually killing not people very is way far people. away from I know, her mind. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is because this is the origin, like she's never done that. Like if you were to play any of the other, any of the other Tomb Raider games, like she's already killed some people. She's like, okay, don't get in my way because I've got some guns and so, I. See, we should come back to this a little bit, but in the first couple of games, there were like three people in the game. Oh, really? 
But yeah, we'll, we'll talk. Okay, about cool. It. Remind me to come back to that one. We'll do. We're already done. Um, so anywho, yeah, so you're on a you're on a ship and you're on an expedition. You're gonna go find some some treasure. You're you've heard some stories about where some treasure is hidden. Um, you're you're heading to that place and in the thick of the night, at some point, just all hell breaks loose. Uh, there's a huge ass like storm. You're on a um, boat. You're, yeah, you're on a boat. Yeah, you're on a boat. Um, and not not just like a you know little dinghy. Like this is a Decent size, like yeah, it's a steamer. It's like it's 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 pretty hefty. (laughs) Um, I got, but um, sex joke. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, thunderstorm or like just sea storm happens and all hell breaks loose. Like ships about to get run ashore, breaking. Uh, We'll just check we are recording, so that's a good thing. And you get trapped on this island. Like the ship just cuts in half. Kind of like Titanic style, just it, it didn't, you know, tip Even into the water. Even more spectacular, though. I don't know about more spectacular. Well, well the trailer know. made it pretty spectacular. Because she, like, they had better runs graphics. out of her room. She's like, <laughs> That's true. It's right there, right? The whole thing. Okay. I got um, a lot of crap for interrupting the, the recap last right. time. So. Well, that's because we went on tangents beforehand. Like, you can make a little comment. Speaking also, before, before we even continue, like, any further, I'm about, like, this is going to be very spoiler heavy. Um, so you've already heard some of this stuff right now. You haven't really heard anything about the game, but if you want to not have this game spoiled, stop listening right now, play the game, and come back and listen. Get your ass um, if you don't care about spoilers, go ahead and keep listening. Um, anywho, so you get trapped on this island, and uh, pretty much almost immediately, uh, you find out that there is a like a group of men on the island, uh, like some crazy cult, and uh, some of your shipmates get captured throughout the game, certain of your crew members will die, um, and Laura is going, like, slowly, little by little, getting equipment and salvaging things and making her equipment more advanced and more apt for this scenario that she gets into, yeah. And you get to a certain point when you find out that these thunderstorms are these storms that are happening. You you try to get rescued a couple of times and storms come back. It's all being controlled by a queen called Queen Himiko. Um, and there are also some of her guardians uh, not alive. They're kind of dead. Not zombies, but just I don't really know what they're like. Demons, I guess, but they don't mess around. Um, they're protecting... Pretty much where Himiko is on the island, and you, Laura finds out that she, or decides that she believes that she needs to go to where she is to kill the queen before they can all leave. Also, one of their crew members, Sam, has become the focal point of this cult because the cult leader wants to get off of the island, and the idea is to sacrifice this woman so that the queen will be happy and will let him leave. End of the story. She kills the queen. They get off the island. Laura has become a badass and is ready to be the Tomb Raider after that. Okay, so I guess the first umbrage I would take with the way you told that story is you made it sound like Laura from the very beginning decided that she was going to go and find the queen and kill her. Well, no, that Did was, you feel that like was for that brevity. Was... That was for brevity, Well, no. I mean... I mean... Confront, maybe? Well, like... Disabled. Well, like, through, like, no, I don't. I don't I, feel I like s- at that point in the story she was 
like you mentioned, the cold-hearted killer. Oh my god, I gotta go kill this this person or this queen, right? This well, bitch. I mean, at first, no, because she didn't really even know what, it, what what was causing it. Once she figured out that it was the queen, she was like, "Shit, we like." I'm pretty sure that she ends up saying like at some point, like, "We've got to stop the queen." Yeah. Which it's, I'm and I'm stop pretty, and kill. Or well, okay, but I'm pretty sure that she wasn't like, "Okay, if I go over there and give you some Oreos, will you let us leave?" Like, I'm pretty sure negotiation wasn't in although, her mind. Oreos on a <laughs> fictional Japanese island? That's pretty hard to come by. They must be worth something. Yeah, so were women, apparently, on this island. There's, like, no two. females in the cast, right? There were three. Maybe four. Wait, one, two... There was three. Sam, Laura, the black wow. woman. But everybody came with us. They they arrived with us. They whether they came or not is a different <laughs> story. <laughs> so many sex jokes. <laughs> All right. But yeah. So so yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess yes. You could. She may confront. not have minded. Yeah. I, she okay. She, she, she would go to confront the queen and possibly have some tea and biscuits with her <laughs> and figure out if they could leave. But hey, what do we got to do to get up? Hey, hey, <laughs> what do we got to do to get off this island? <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? What kind of relation? Uh, well, okay, so what kind really, of situation can we talk about here? Is it really killing the queen, though, if the queen's not really alive anyway? I mean, true, but... Do you feel like same that argument was can be asked about though, for, like, she was zombies. Like, like, people say we need to kill those zombies, but they're all dead. They are all dead. But you feel like Seriously. that was her aim, but... Sh- I mean, that, okay, so like mostly, when they were sitting there at the it, beach, get, talk, most of it was the thing was, like, oh, I'm gonna kill that bitch. Up well, the, the thing is, okay, so the, the reason why I go to kill is because uh, one of the things that you find out through reading these journals and just through progressing the game, Laura figures out that the end goal is that pretty much whoever they use to sacrifice to give to the queen, um, which they've all decided is Sam. Per the meaning of sacrifice, usually means death. Uh, in this case, for sure, it means Sam's gonna die, uh, or I should say, she ceases to be herself. Which again is one thing that, though you find out that it is the queen transferring her soul into Sam's body, I'm pretty sure that doesn't mean, oh, Sam's gonna be okay. Like that's the equivalent to dead in Laura's mind. Did you ever watch anyway. Stargate? Yes, I have seen Stargate. And, okay. So it's like the host, right? So that, yes, that is. Well, but... Okay, yeah, but now we're talking between gold and Tokra. <laughs> she, the queen, is like right, the gold, so like... where like they take control of the host and they do or, not leave willingly. Because... So basically, that person is going to die if the if the gold is left out because the gold will he's kill. A, will kill. I am a I am a Stargate impressed. fan. I'm a Stargate I'm fan. But so if the gold tries to get removed from the host, the Gould will secrete a poison that will kill the host. Well, okay. The Tokra so, don't do this. So, alright, this is a... Alright. We we're on a little a, tangent here. I know. We, we Stargate, Stargate, we Stargate is on, a on. symbiotic, or sorry, parasitic or symbiotic relationship, depending on how you're look, which one you're looking at, the Tokra or right. the Gould. But this is a spirit transfusion. So, it could be that... In this because, sense, okay, actually, so, there was... Actually, there was we, can, we can actually talk... There, there was an example of this a little bit in Stargate, when one of the ancients went into um, Jack O'Neill's mind. Or, right. sorry, not Jack O'Neill, um, Daniels. When Merlin uh, kind of went into his mind and like, started showing him how to defeat the replicators and like clues on how to go defeat the replicators. Wasn't that 
just like a, That's a, weird but I would a say, data download kind of thing? No, no, that was Jack O'Neill. That was when okay, he found so, one of the like repositories, one of the ancient so repositories, and like got down like a bunch of knowledge got downloaded. But I think right. more toward like um, Jack's number one guy, the guy who was in the movie who died really early on. Uh, Daniel Jackson? The, no, 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 no. He was in the movie. In, in the movie. Oh, oh. He died very early on. Oh. He was like the major. He was the head of SG2. Oh, uh, Kowalski. Mm, yes. He comes back okay. in the series. But, I mean, he comes back in the series. Yeah, but okay, but the way I'm thinking Jack. of it is he got, he got the gold in his head, right? Yeah. And so at one point they have surgery. They cut the thing out of his head. They get all traces of it out of his head. And, they and fought. he's still... No, no, the thing is they fought. They th- oh, right, no, sorry, yes, yes, sorry, sorry, yes, yes. of the parasite. Yes, that is true. But, but yes, his the consciousness, consciousness So I feel like that's more toward what we're talking about Fair. here. The actual... Consciousness is transferred. Right. Um, I I do like it more in Stargate in that even though it is kind of this mystical, oh my spirit's transferring into you. At right. least they tried to give it some, um, you know, some basis some in biological basis, fact right. or science or something. Whereas in this story, it, it it's... it's mostly realistic, and then it like makes this jump to spiritual out of the blue, and like rationalizing those two in the same game I feel was kind of difficult. Yeah. So they so they I mean this is the trend with all Tomb Raider and like Tomb Raider esque adventure series, right? Like we talked about last time like Drake Drake's Fortune. So, yeah, Drake, Uncharted, uh, Uncharted, so. Uncharted kinda yeah. had the same thing, right? Can yeah. You you would play that a bunch. Can you tell yeah. us about that? Yeah, so like in pretty much all of those oh and also we're not gonna spoil much of any other video games, so I'll keep what I say about Uncharted and other video all of us will keep all of those to a minimum. But Spoilers um, on those two of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with Uncharted, like you play, like it's a very similar type of game. Like you're running around as a protagonist. You've got some kind of, you know, a bunch of people shooting at you. You're killing them this left and right. And at some point in time, like you're actually even with Uncharted, it's all based around like some kind of treasure or something that you're looking for. And in the end, it ends up kind of like there is some kind of like spiritual. Do they do they, any better of a job they combining, do, combining, they combining, do a li- combining? Yeah, combining, yeah. They do a combining. little bit better because usually, like, when, like, the the no. treasure that they're looking for is already, it's already encompassed by, like, some kind of myth that's that exists, and they're like, oh, so, like, there, there is this thing, so we're going to try to go find this. So there is already, like, a little bit of, like, magic slash mystery involved in it versus just, like, okay, there's a piece of treasure here. It's been lost for the ages for whatever reason. We're going to go find it. Um, this is more like a... There there have been stories about this place existing. Uh, like, for like for instance, like the second one, um, Shambhala, is the place where they're trying to go for... And, like, no one really knows where it is, but it's this, like... Again, like, this mystical location that once you find the certain clues for how to get there, you find this secret place, like, Atlantis. Or, like, that's... Another like myth so, type thing. I mean, all these guys are the, archaeologists, right? Uh, treasure sad. hunters, I would say. Okay, so in, in Tomb Raider, they're archaeologists, but treasure hunters in uh, yeah, I would say more like a, like I would I would consider Drake more of a treasure hunter than an archaeologist. Like he, his his goal is to find treasure and to yeah, just to find treasure. So I like how we haven't drawn we haven't explicitly stated the connection between all these series and Indiana Jones. Yeah. Right? Which is probably what spawned the idea for all probably. these subsequent treasure hunting. I would totally agree. Series, right? 
Because even even with and some of them more than others. Actually, let me do a quick thought. I never mind. Not even more than some more than others. All of them have some kind of spirituality. To, yeah, at the because, end because they're all related to like some human history, some human legend. Yeah, of some so, culture. So something another. we talked about last time, and I I still kind of feel it is that, and I th- I think it was Dan and I, maybe maybe it was Alberto and I, but like playing the game. This idea that something was causing weather patterns to stop people from getting off, we thought the entire time we were playing the game that there was going to be some technology yeah. or some machine that they right. had to turn off to allow them to leave. Yeah. And and that didn't end up being the case with this game, and that that was kind of a, a letdown to me. Or but, even but, if it's like a Bermuda Triangle kind of situation where it's just that geological location yeah. and they're surrounding the island that's messing things up for yeah. them. But no, it's a, it's a completely it's a queen, sun yeah. goddess. No, it's just, sun, yeah, sun queen. Oh, some spirits whatever. not letting us go. Like right. that kind of like that almost rubbed me the wrong way. In I agree. The story. I, I I felt like it was. It actually almost kind of felt to me like a. They were developing the game. They were doing like a really good job. They like, spending a lot of time with certain parts, and then realized, crap, we don't have enough time to really evolve this into what we would maybe want this to be. So let's do this, it's going to take some more time, but not as much create. I don't want to say not creativity, like, granted, I love this game, I did, but it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, well, that could have been a little bit better. Yeah. I, I think as far as the story goes, I was a little bit let down in that, in that regard. Yeah. So, so do you think that's because it's it, the way the game is presented is in such a sort of realistic, gritty, like, grounded style. I, I think so. And not... If I was, if I was exper- expecting spirits and magic and all of that coming in, right. then I would be okay with that. Right. Like, but if, it, like if we were set, like, 200 years ago and Lara was a pirate instead of a modern-day anthropologist, uh, would it be different? I don't think the time as much as... Whether they expected spiritual things to happen in uh, their world, yeah, right, right, or even even if it was just introduced a little bit earlier in the game, like the, if they like even if they like had like had no idea about this island or whatever, they get you know marooned on this island, and then they see a bunch of you know story or like you know glyphs or anything, whatever, just some kind of notice of like an ancient civilization like that said okay there was this queen so, that so was around. they okay, do so, right kind of like they they start introducing so, little things little by little but then you don't really but, find out about how real they're talking right until okay. way later okay let's do, look at it this way if this was our world right and some of that shit started happening the weather that's already kind of that's that's about their expect expectation for the reactions i would expect for the weather right. holy crap where the hell did this weather come from? As soon as you see armor standing up out of the grave and zombies walking around, I would expect her to freak the fuck out. Yeah. In our world, for that shit to happen, the reaction would be completely different. Right. And then when she's just like, oh my god, I, I guess I should shoot that thing. Like, okay, she obviously has some experience with this. Okay. That the... Well, the idea that there is a spirit that can transfer for itself from body to body yeah. is legitimate enough in her world that that, that works as an explanation. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, like, the connection between that and ours, and if, like Alberta was saying, if if that is a legitimate thing in her world, we would have expected it to show up much earlier yeah. or throughout or, you know, even if she had just said, oh, my God, this is a spirit transfer for, like, we expect. What, like we saw in this other religion way in the past, right? Mm -hmm. At least that would give me a little bit of an indication that she was like, okay, this is weird, but we've seen this elsewhere. Yeah. The and idea that this is weird and this is the first time I see it and okay, whatever, yeah. just blows my mind. And like, and that's kind of, I guess, the tone that they take with, I guess, like the other, I, I shouldn't say from the other Tomb Raider games that I haven't played them, but that's the kind of behavior that I would expect that, that you see like in the Tomb Raider movies, like she's already, movies, yeah, exactly like she's right. already the she's already the Tomb Raider. She's seen this stuff, and I would say more so in Cradle of Life than in, that's the second one than in the, in the movies first one. where she's like running through time in time portals yeah. and changing time, and she's just like, all right, you know, I, well, yeah. I this is the third or fourth time that I've <laughs> yeah. altered time. No big deal, right? Well, yes, yeah, it's kind somewhere. of yeah, just the stars. And and I now that I think about it, um, you like you don't actually see the ghostly apparition of the Sun Queen until the very last, at the ending yep. of the series, right? And right, so but there's the demons and things. Well, there. okay, so so now that I think about it, the demons, the oni or the samurai, whatever guards that are running around, they're actually, I mean, they have bodies. It's not like when you shoot them and kill them, they disappear in a puff True. of dust. They actually. But, like, she finds people. indications that they've been there for hundreds of years. I mean, there's... Well, which could... Which, I mean, okay, we could stretch this and do any sort of... Uh, any line of... Do you really feel like it? it's... But... Well, ex ex with the exception of the final scene, where you're seeing a spirit move... Right. You feel like the rest of the story is well... So, if they hadn't... It builds up to it, it well? Uh, if they hadn't... So, let me... Put it this way: If the conclusion had been some sort of technical logical thing, or if it had been like they did the ritual and then nothing happened, and then the the girl, what's her name, the Japanese girl that they oh, were Sam. using, Sam, was just like, uh, nothing's happening. That I, I mean, would that that would have changed the entire entire outlook on the series, right? Because it had it actually had no mysticism in it, right. so it could have gone either way up until the very last scene. I sort of think. I uh, I could have seen them come up with some. Cause it almost it, they almost don't need a part uh, to explain the science behind it yeah. as much as say oh this is a black box that does this right okay part of me was also but, like this is oh this is a alien device which right. which transfers souls it got landed on here three hundred years ago like right. okay fine and aliens came in and let us do this mm -hmm. whatever right. From a technological standpoint, that would have been fine for me, right? Right. That sure. would have been complete. That would have filled in the gaps. I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's some device. I don't know where this device came from. Right. But this is the device that lets me have it. The idea, idea that some person could just randomly uh, wave it and transfer your soul into, like, ah. So I find that really interesting. And, um,. Well, all right. I don't want to. I don't want to head into like a whole. Um, oh, we live in this modern age where right. where mysticism and uh, religiosity or whatever the hell is like sort of for us looked down on mm. for our generation or our collaborative. Take it there if you want to. But... So, 
Okay, well, okay. So if we were... So we are going to it. one of us... <laughs> so I, I am in school and studying biology. Alberto graduated from school and will... They both did computer science, right? We're all like science-based in a science yeah. scientific yeah. society. If we had somebody on the cast who was like religious or sort of believes more in the spiritual side of things, do you think they would have enjoyed this game or like like the story of the game more than we do? Yeah. Because we're, we're my, so used to sci-fi. My issue is that it is spiritual. My issue is that they didn't explain it and contextualize it within their universe. Okay. Right. Right. Like it was it was just like it seemed like a very abrupt like, oh okay, this is actually what it is. Like okay. it's not like I actually was for the entire time I was actually thinking that the story was gonna be more along the lines of, okay, there is this like this story of this queen that they're talking about, this, that and the other but I actually thought for the longest time that the queen was never gonna show up and this guy, like their leader, whatever his name was, I can't remember, yeah. was just fucking crazy yeah because well, i mean he was yeah but like i thought that that like that that was like i my thought was that they're crazy just go without on. foundation right? yeah like he would like or, or even just kind of you know like he and his crew were marooned there at one point in time yeah. they've never been able to get off they just went nuts he's like a cult leader and it has... was bad luck yeah they just kept having bad luck yeah. trying to yeah. leave, right yeah like bad luck trying to leave or whatever and then but he set himself up to the point where he's a cult leader and has this supreme status over all these people yeah. and he wants to sort of either he now has his own that. island exactly because right. like for the longest time i didn't i didn't think that his idea was to get off of the island until mm -hmm. at one point in time he talks to the lord and he's like when he has her capture and he's like I'm going to get off the island. I'm going to sacrifice, you know, please the queen and get off this island because I want off. Whereas I was just kind of thinking he maybe just kind of gave up hope of leaving that island was like, well, all right, this is my fucking island. Yeah. I'm going to just rule here. Even then, even when he's talking about getting off the island, or, so I don't actually remember that scene too clearly, but mm -hmm. he, was he around people? No, it was, so it was uh, shortly after... Um, so Laura tried to go save Sam. He, she runs into, uh, I believe his name is Whiteman. This is last, I think. Anyway, like the that guy with glasses. Such a douche. Yes, <laughs> but the guy with glasses. Oh yeah, when the temple's burning down. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, right okay. before it starts bursting in the flames, like she walks in and, or like she gets taken in because she's been captured, right. and he reveals that to her. Then I believe. Yes. Um. Yeah, something like that. So even in that scene, I figured. He, because I saw him as the cult leader villain kind of thing with, like, a god complex. So I uh, presume that he's just saying that for the people around him. Because the only gotcha. reason he has power around them uh, over them is because of. he's making promises that we are going to get off this island. I am your, Make me your leader. I will yeah. get you off. Take me to your leader. Oh, yes. I am your leader. Uh, yeah. So, story. Do we need to keep talking about the story? Um, kind of actually, uh, going on that, another tangent of this, I thought it was really annoying, maybe this is just me, but at the very end, when you're killing the queen, that, like, throughout the entire game, you're, like, you've run into some difficult enemies that, like, you're killing, like, oh. it takes you a long time to kill them, and, like, even, like, I remember one of the last enemies before the queen... It, like, 
there's like this huge ass guy, like it's almost like David and Goliath. Yeah. Um, and one of the more gruesome killings of the entire game because like after a couple of times, like you stab him and he's bleeding all over, but he's still not dead. And then you... anyway, yeah, yeah. The queen, all it takes to kill her is your torch, which you're told at the beginning of the game, be careful with this, don't break it, because you'll need this. And she uses this, the torch to stab the queen. Mm-hmm. She's at the top of the mountain. You've got to come back down. Those <laughs> caves didn't just light up by themselves on the way back. Like, I didn't see her like lighting any torches. And even if she had lit you torches the on the way the there... There's, there's a, <laughs> a zipline zip all the way back. Which, which, which I will also say, <laughs> some of those zips are like, going back to the zipline for a quick sec... When you go up to the radio tower and you turn on the transceiver, there's just happens to be a zipline from the top all the way down. If you just had and that then, fancy device which carried you up the zipline. Yeah. Well, that was later. That was that one actually. Well, I think was if you had more... that, you just go up to the top of the tower. I mean, true, true. If, if, yeah, if you had had that, that would have been a lot easier. But no, but like the the fact that like she was ziplining down it. And then just at the very bottom, like, let's go, and, like, rolls and, like, isn't hurt at all or anything. Like, you would be going so fucking fast. Like, you she would hit the tuck the and roll land. Okay, even if you did the tuck and roll, even if you did the tuck and roll land, like, you would, like, roll okay. into, like, the boulders right down by there, like, the fence or something. Yeah. But no. so, so the zipline physics that, yeah. that drives me crazy, right, is, is the thing where, like, if you attach the zipline to something and you pull it, right, right. That's one thing. Right. And you can break certain stuff, but then there's stuff you can't break like that. Yeah. But if you have a machine, and the machine can pull it for you, then you can destroy bigger things. And I'm like, well, your feet are still on the ground. Your exactly. feet are still going to move. Yeah, what no, the hell are you sure, talking yes, about? Yes, absolutely. Like, that that doesn't like, make any fucking sense. Yeah, the first time that you use that machine to pull, I was like, um, that doesn't help your friction <laughs> at all. Like... No. So your coefficient of friction is not any higher with you, that. What are you? What, what is the? <laughs> Do those machines actually exist in real life? Because oh, I'm I sure mean, it's yeah, just a pulley. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just a mechanized pulley. Um, it's it would help for the the part where she's flying up the ropes. Right. Sure, that would help. Right. Yes. So you've got a pulley pulling you up. For her attaching that to something and then pulling down By something standing and bigger, turning it on so it pulls. Bigger than something she could have pulled down with her yeah, arms okay. is nonsense. Yeah. And I was like, what? What if she braced herself against a rock? But she never did. She but, never did. But that's, I mean, can't you just blame that on game well, mechanics? Well, if you could brace yourself against the rock to to give yourself leverage, why didn't she just do that without the thing? Because your, her arms don't have the strength to do it. Is that because she, she's a she woman? Need... I'm, just... I'm kidding. I'm yes. kidding. <laughs> but also because she's only a human being. Yes. And she oh, can't pull a rock, a rock wall down by herself. But if she braces herself and holds it yeah. and just lets the machine but... do it, then the machine can rip the wall down. The machine can rip her arms off. Well, oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, nonsense. <laughs> um, but since you kind of brought up this whole controversial subject... Um, one of the things we brought up last time, and it was surprising you guys, you guys weren't aware of this, was there was a big controversy around this game uh, before it came out. One of the developers kind of went out on record saying um, that one of the things they were trying, the emotions they were trying to impart on the audience was they wanted the player to feel protective of Laura. 
and it blew up uh, in in the games coverage industry. It went nuts. People were pissed off that um, this was a misogynistic point of view. Why should um, just because it's a female lead, why should we be protecting her? Um, and um, I kind of brought it up a little bit last time, and a little bit, and, and so I'll bring it up again. Um, like the idea that this, on its own, um, is a taboo subject was disappointing to me, mm. and it's not because I thought that oh you know well obviously men should protect women or nothing like that right um my thought was that um as we're growing and becoming a or as video games are growing and you're able to impart more and different and more concise and um specific types of emotions the uh, the idea that you might feel protective um seems like a valid emotion mm -hmm. and um, you shouldn't just be confined to, oh, the only thing we can per feel protective of is children and animals, right? Like, if you can feel protective about your family, if you can feel protective about your wife, if you can feel protective about your husband, whatever the case is, that, that feeling I thought was a completely valid feeling that, that the developer may try to impart. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And, like, and just to kind of give the example, um, so... Right now, also, during the time that we're making this podcast, we're all playing Heavy Rain, which we'll do another podcast on that. Wow. But, like, when I play... Well, most of us are, yeah. Um, Den will be very soon. Um, sure, I will. But, so, like, when I play video games like that, or Heavy Rain, or this, Uncharted, anything, it doesn't matter who the main character is. I always kind of get into the role of, like, I am that person. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't want to die. So, like, I already, like, have an innate protective feeling about it because, like, I'll hide behind stuff because I don't want to get shot or, like, you but know. But in terms of self-preservation, not, yeah. like, well, I, mean, I in a, need to shelter this little thing. In a sense, yes, but at the same time, like, whenever, like, I'll play those games and, like, they die, like, I'll be like, oh, no, Laura, why'd you do that? Or, oh, no, Drake, why'd you do that? Like, no, Drake, don't do Like, Like, I'll, I'll talk to them like I'm not them, but, like, I'm still, like, then when I start playing, I get back into being them. Right. But like, there, but there is still this like. You feel a disconnect when they die. Or... Not necessarily when they die, but just like when they when they're doing anything, like anything that like I feel might get them into trouble. Like I'll say, oh no, don't do that, don't like, don't, don't like, or like if it's like the storyline or anything like that, or like if they like if I accidentally like come out of being from like hiding and they go like shit, come back, like I'll, instead of saying like shit, get back or like go back or whatever, like I say come back, which is not me being them. It's me talking to them so like i do go like i do flip-flop through this like me being them versus me not being them but it, like it, but again like it doesn't matter what gender they are whatever it's just if they're the character that i'm playing that's who i you know who i'm trying to not die or not have get killed and i so have that protection for me i always feel like i am the character right and Same. um Sorry. that was my biggest qualm with with this developer saying this yeah. is that I felt like they were just not that they shouldn't be trying to impart this emotion, mm -hmm. that just that they were doing it wrong. Right. Because I never feel this disconnect between me and the main character, or Laura in this case. Mm -hmm. 
like I feel like I am Laura. If I'm out in the open, I need to do something to protect myself. Right. It's not I need to do something to protect Laura. Yeah. I need to protect this girl. Like that's that disconnect is not ever in my head. I'm not never thinking about that. I'm thinking, oh, what do I need to do to protect myself? How do yeah. I get myself out of this situation? Yeah. Where do I need to move? Where do I need to shoot from? Exactly. Stuff like yeah. Yeah. So I'm comment. I'm sorry. Keep going. Cool. Um. So to kind of bring it, uh, so there was a psychological thing where they were talking about um, drivers, right? And so you're a new driver, and so this might be something interesting to think about. Um, but typically when you're driving a car, all of a sudden you think about yourself as the car. Yeah. And be like, I should change lanes, or I can't believe that guy came at me. Yeah. When when I or me in that conversation is your car, it's not actually you, mm-hmm. right? And it, it, it's this immediate natural transference of you from being you as in the person inside the car directing the car to you as the whole car as you're yeah. directing it, right? Yeah. No, um, like, even, like even sometimes when I'm driving and if for some reason I feel like I'm hydroplaning or anything, like I don't feel as like, what's wrong with my car? Like I'm like... It, like an immediately like why can't feeling, I kick the yeah. ground or something, right? Yeah, it's like well, what what I just like what happened? Like so, yeah, I completely so believe. so you're a very brand new driver, right? Yes, I'm. Yeah, twenty two and six months in. Or three it's all right. In. It's all right. Uh, so do you have you felt that at all? So no. So this you I still felt like you were dry, handling a machine that's interacting with the world? Yes. So this, I was just about to bring this up. Um, Question, so actually, quick, quick interruption. Have you named your car yet? No, I haven't. That might be why. Yeah. Uh, right. Actually, will do you have a name for your well, car? Well, no. no. So, Damn it. Might no, be my name mind. other than my name. That my theory I'm is broken. Your car. Theory is broken. Uh, anyway, go so, on. Um, I was just so you still to... like you feel like the machine is separate from you and you're yes. guiding it? Yes. So I do feel that way, and I find it interesting that you guys or like or whoever told you this theory was uh, think say that people think. About of themselves as the car. Oh, I, it yeah, totally right. resonates with me. I feel that exact way. Like okay. when I am in my car and driving my car, I feel like my car is my ability. It is is me, yeah. right? Like, I changed. Of exactly. I changed lanes. I did. I yeah. I backed up. Okay. It's not I led my car into backing up. Right. Right. Or if we. You know, it's kind of the same thing with talking about the games. I ran over to the cliff and I shot that guy, right? Yeah. I It's not I led Laura, Laura to into go over, go over to the cliff and Laura shot that guy. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of that right. I feel like I that is an, uh, like an avatar of me, right? So I like, that, I like that we represent different parts of the spectrum sort of here because... I, I definitely, when I play video games, I immerse my, well, especially third-person or first-person shooters mm-hmm. or adventure games like uh, Tomb Raider, I do, I insert myself into the character, which means I, I am Lara when I'm playing Tomb Raider right. or I am whatever, right? Um, you, seems like you don't as I, much. I flip-flop, yeah. Right. So depending on the scene, like if it's, if it's during like action time or action play, like I'm the character. Right. Then at times when it's like, I just... Cinematics or whatever. Cutscenes. Because yeah. cutscenes, yeah. cutscenes, like, I feel like it's, Yeah, cutscenes, I'm just like, oh, God, no, don't do this. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, you opened that door. God damn it. I, okay. This is true. And then, yeah. As soon as I can't make the decision yeah. anymore, right. then, then it's then her. Am, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it's all you. You but got yourself into this. As long as now, it's not narrative. And yeah. 
then e even if it's like a super like straight story, it, like you're guided into some things and you're so not really being we should decisions. really talk about this a lot more when we hit heavy rain. Yes, because oh heavy rain God, plays yes. a lot with that, and so yes. Um, which is something very interesting that I've been seeing, which so I'll I, get to when we do heavy rain. I, I think we should probably table this okay. tangent. Okay, this isn't until then. Yeah, conversation. Um, but it, it of, is interesting. But it, in the context of heavy rain, it's way more important. Way more involved, uh, which you will see when you when play. You start playing so I've heard things about heavy rain. Okay, okay, okay. I think I know where you. Um, so wait, 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 just one one really last quick comment on that. So like the whole controversy for them saying that one of the things that I think that caused that controversy is I think that people ended up bringing the implication that when they said that they wanted you to feel protective of Laura, that they immediately thought that they meant because she's a woman. And not just yeah, like okay, just yeah. because it's a character and like it like in this case it happened to be a woman. Partly because I guess I mean not I guess in large part most of the games out there are male centric. Uh, there are very few women protagonists except Actually, until so you like, get to like the idea is that you would never feel that way about a twelve-year-old Drake. Well, I mean, like you end up, you do end up playing as uh, like but Drake is twelve-year-old, but like, but I should say, but like, the reason no you're playing ever... as a twelve-year-old Drake is not to feel protective of. No, him, no, no, right? no. I mean, I guess again that goes back to how you play games or not. But like, I would say when Uncharted came out, for instance, or like any other game came that came out or the protagonist you're playing as them, whether you immerse yourself in them or not, I don't think that the producer or the developers ever said that they wanted you to feel protective of that character. I could be wrong. But, so, because of that being said, in particular with Laura, since that was probably one of the first times that a developer or producer ever said that, people just immediately jumped on the fact that they were saying that because it was a woman so, protagonist, so rather actually, than a I male. have to... We have to correct this because um, I'm looking at this Kotaku article that they wrote on this producer. Yeah. And he specifically does say, um, you'll start to root for her in a way that you might not root for a male character. That's in quotes. Oh. Yeah. So there is a, there is a gender connotation there. Although I have to say, because of the way I personally play games, yeah. his, his take on how gamers will see this game is... Like, if that was the intention of the studio, they completely failed. Yeah. Because I just it, threw myself into the character. Yeah. And that was it. And this is Again, such a successful it, game in terms of game mechanics and, like, letting you... Sort of it's a semi-open world where you can make all these sorts of different decisions on how paths to take and how, yeah. who to kill, how to kill them. Uh, uh, it gives players enough freedom to be like, oh, I am making the decisions. I am the main character and not... And it's not like a like a you're in a god perspective where you're just like click this point on the map they run over right attack these guys they attack them oh they couldn't do it because I don't know the the reload time on the or the shooting time on their bow was too slow right like a, from a from a what is it called RTS perspective yeah you know so um you know going along with this point of view but slightly different um. Last time we all talked about how all of us have sisters, right? You yes. have a, a you had an older sister. Yes. I have a younger sister. She's about two young, two years younger than me. I have a younger sister who's four years younger than me. Um. 
so we brought it up in the well, I brought it up last time in the context that um, my parent or so my sister is two years younger than me, so I definitely saw her go through things at the same. For the most part, she was functionally the same age as I was. Mm -hmm. And so I saw my parents, who are, for the most part, very open-minded, and the world is, you know, you can do whatever you want, regardless of your race, regardless of your gender, you can do whatever you want, as long as you think, or as, as long as you work hard at it, you know. My parents are super open-minded, you can do whatever you want, we'll support you in anything you do, right? Um, very, almost hippie-like, my parents were. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, so I saw them, they're, they're the completely open-minded people, and then I had this experience where um, it, it happened at a thing with a party, we kind of talked a little bit about last time, um, but I decided I didn't want to be at the party anymore, but, but me and my sister had both gone, and my parents were pissed at me for leaving her alone, when that is completely something they would have let me do two years earlier at the very least, four years o earlier probably. Like, they would have let me be alone well before they were pissed at me leaving her alone. Mm -hmm. And it was be and it was kind of this, because she's a girl, you can't let her do these things. Right. And that was the first time that I kind of ran into this, okay, you know, even these incredibly smart people who are, you know, saying that guys and girls can do all the same things. Like treat each other differently, mm -hmm. I, um, and so for me it was in this context of the the the, um, the need to protect my sister, which, you know, it it was this kind of weird like. My parents raised me in this way that she should be as self sufficient as I was. Mm -hmm. Why should I need to protect her at all? Um, and. And that and that kind of was a similar feeling to what, when he started talking about protecting Laura, right? Right. She's her own person. She's been raised in this thing. And I, I just thought it was this weird um, duality yeah. kind of schism between what my parents were telling me with their words and what they were expecting Actually, of me, yeah. right? And so did you ever have any experiences? So your sister was older, so you yeah. probably didn't have... Yeah, so like, yeah, with white. me, yeah, with, with, with my sister and I, it was a little bit different. Like, you know, I didn't really, you know, ever go out to parties or anything like that, especially at that age when I was still living with my sister in Texas. I, yeah, I was. Actually, slight tangent on that, like, I didn't know that parties were even going on until, like, the like last three months of senior year in high school. I was uh, like, what? What is this what? party you speak of? Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Well, actually, if I yeah. were to be involved in a party, I would have to... <laughs> actually, my, my glasses would keep falling, and I don't, have uh, well, I, I don't have any contacts. Uh, How would I get home? Yeah. I can't drive. <laughs> But no, like yeah, I mean, um, my parents would get pissed at, and actually, by this, I was, I was thinking Did about this ever, last week. Can you ever like, think about a time when your parents expected you to be protective of her? Um, actually, no. Any, um, can you think of any times to the opposite where they expected her to be protective of you? Uh, pretty much any time that we were outside ever um, by ourselves, like if you know my mom needed to go work late or anything like that, or if we needed to go to the store. Um, we didn't live 
in hindsight, we didn't live the furthest away from the store, but it was a decent walk, and so sometimes I'd want to go to the store, and my mom would say, hey, I'll go with your brother so that he's not by himself, and it was late at night, and, like, she'd make a big deal out of it, but, like, I, there wasn't something that I could actually do by myself. Um, was it ever any times where, like, where even though she's kind of, like, telling her to protect you, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have let her go on her own? Um, I... Can you think of... I might be stretching here. I'm just trying to think. Because it, it was I this weird... Say, I mean, no, I'd actually say even... And I mean, I mean, part of this, I guess, could be also because I was never really invited. I like, didn't really know about any parties or anything like that. But like, there would be times that my sister would be going to like a co-ed party or something, and my mom would be perfectly fine with it. And I would, I mean, me being younger, like if I were going, like my mom would have to know everyone who like was there, said the other. Not like overly protective, but like there, there were a little bit, like I guess. Some more. So, like, road may, maybe more me. age. Than... Yeah, I, th- I think it was more. It had more to do with age than anything. So. What, what was your experience, then? Uh, as far as sibling protectiveness, that ended by the time my sister hit like age eleven, because she was more social than me and she knew how to take care of herself better than me. So I believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's probably the bully on the street. At eleven, she was tougher. probably was sister. Your sister was probably beating you up. Yeah, she, no, she did beat me up. Uh, oh, I, at age I have 11, a story about she, this too. She's God. tougher. You have a story about his more sister being mature than me at age fifteen. Shut up. Uh, so, so the sibling, the sibling protection thing, pretty much ended really early on, and. By that time, we had diverged to the point where I do my own shit, she does her own shit, and we just basically had no overlap. Uh, so, not really. So, maybe this is a, an experience unique to me, but I thought it was interesting. I, I don't yeah. think it's, I mean, maybe in this group it's unique to you, but it, in the general population, I don't know that it's not that uncommon. Yeah. I would, Especially if you're that close in age, like if you're two years rather than me, four years apart. Where... And you were four years the other way, right? Uh, not quite. Uh, two and a half. Oh, so that's pretty close. Too. Yeah, right. It's interesting. Yeah, I will say like part part of my perspective though does come from my mom's side because like my mom was she was pretty like growing up she was the parent that we spent the most time with, and then we would spend like some weekends and such with my dad. So because we weren't ever really around my dad that. Often. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know how he would, and, and I you could definitely, like I could definitely see him being. She more, felt more female empowered. Yeah, of. maybe, or or either that, or even just kind of like knowing my mom even now. Like my mom's definitely a lot more just kind of like you. You're a person. You can do what like you can do or can't do certain things at certain ages. Like whatever. Like it, like it's just like that. Whereas I do think that my dad is a little bit more of a like old fashioned like. Male versus female type mindset, um, which is kind of typical. I yeah, think. I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not too surprised about that. Yeah. I think that our generation is probably one of the first generations that has started breaking that. So to an extent. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, they're like they're still. I mean, we still have influences, but I'm sure that if we or not if we, but if people around our age had daughters, yeah, and that were hitting their teenage years, they would their perspective would shift, right? Yeah. Because you, I mean. 
I don't want to get into Maybe, the whole gender argument, but you know. I feel like, well, I, it's hard to know. Yeah. But I feel like I would be as protective of a son as a daughter, but I, I even mm-hmm. without being there, it's hard to say. I would say there is, I mean, this is just like str- straight taken from like movies growing up with. I do kind of like foresee myself and kind of actually want and hope that I have a daughter so that like when she like brings a boyfriend over, I can have a shotgun and just be like, what's up? How's it going? So you're being protected from your well, no, no, I know, I know. Seriously, <laughs> I would like, I would, I would trust her completely, but I just, I want to do that to just, a guy just someday. To like just, just guy. to like fulfill that like movie thing. Like I really want to do that All to right. a guy, but I wouldn't. Because it's not in movies, I wouldn't like if a, if a guy brought over a girl, like, bring out the shotgun, hey, what's up? Like, uh... <laughs> Better not touch my son. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not in movies, so... Anyway. Um, so, any more of the protectiveness or sisters stuff we want to talk about before we take a break? No, let's get some chicken. Yeah, I want chicken. <laughs> Alright. Teriyaki chicken, soup. We will be back in a bit. <laughs> Dinner. <laughs> At least I ain't chicken. Um, okay, welcome back. This is the Motor Pixels podcast, the uh, continuation of our discussion on Tomb Raider. Or Womb Raider. Why is it Womb Raider? Are we walking into this guy? It was, it was. It was just a for treasure. No, it was. Uh, it was a joke that Nate started when I was playing. He's like, "You mean Womb Raider?" Like, yeah, because you want to raid. I mean, because because I yes, I would be all up in Laura's womb with your ice pick, Angelina Jolie. Climbing maybe this Laura. With your climbing I, 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 I actually I kind of like this Laura more than Angelina Jolie. Me too. Actually. What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay, not more necessarily, but she is more in my age range, therefore more likely that I. Technically, she's not right, whatever. because she's not real. Wait, what? Technically, she's not real. No, the real. model so... for her. Jesus. <laughs> They're like, wait, Laura's wait, not, she's real. not real? What? 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 what is this? I thought I was actually moving a real deer. person. I thought I had a chance. <laughs> she butchered meat. Classic misdirection. She lost people. She killed a sun god. All right, so uh, one of the things we talked about last time was uh, a lot. We talked a lot about the guns last time mm. and the the the, di- the various weapons that she has. Um, so let's start there. So, what are the four weapons she's got, Dan? She has a bow, huh? a machine gun, or an assault rifle. If uh-huh. you want to get fancy about it, um, a pistol, and. What is the last thing she shot? You're killing me. Sorry. <laughs> right, and she has a trench gun. Trench gun? Because all the weapons are from World War Two, World War One, whatever. Okay, um, so and, no, and an ice pick, or sorry, a climbing axe yep. and a torch. Right? And, and don't forget about so those are more left tools, arm and right arm guns. <laughs> <laughs> Drink up. <laughs> Drink bottoms up, motherfucker. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, All right, so some ahead. of the things we were talking about was that. Um, um, so we we both, I think, Berto and I both had kind of issues about how she was upgrading these yes. weapons throughout the whole oh, yes. time. Um, I mean, the upgrade paths made sense in like. Okay, this 
this is a better gun than the one before it. Right. But the idea that she could be doing these upgrades mm-hmm. on the island by herself just was completely off of the... Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, I was... I remember... I forget what movie it was in, but there was a movie where there was a guy that needed to use... Or, like, needed to make a, a sniper rifle. Or, sorry. Silencer. Uh, a silencer, thank you. <laughs> and... The, anyway. He needed to make a silencer, and he used a bunch of, like, nuts from, like... For those that don't know, I'm talking about like nuts and bolts, like the nuts that you use around the screw, like nuts. And oh, like, like banjo kazooie, huh? Nuts and bolts, yeah. Um, <laughs> or you know, Hunger Games. <laughs> um, but uh, and put it like in a cylinder or like a, like some kind of cylindrical tube, and like that was that was their silencer. And so wait, hold on. Was yeah. the, so did he shoot the sniper bullet through the hole in the nuts to something? I don't. I don't remember. Or so did it, was, it go through the metal parts of the nuts because that? It was I feel like that would just. It was. I don't know. Bullet. It was. It was something like whatever. But the, the I want to say that doesn't work. But yeah, no, I mean, the the point was science. Yeah. <laughs> the point was, this guy was like, ex-military, like. MacGyver knew, yeah, MacGyver, yeah, he, like, like knew how to, okay, so if you're in a situation, like, was trained, like, if you're in a situation like this, you can use stuff like this or whatever to MacGyver your way out of this. Cantaloupe. Right. Sorry. Wait, cantaloupe? What? Sorry, it's from a Robert Downey Jr. movie. Oh. Some, some assassin's like, oh, you don't need a silencer, you can just use, shoot the guy through a cantaloupe. Uh, or a pillow, sense. or, a, or a none pillow. of the shit Yeah, exactly. Sense. In the shooter, they use a, um, uh, plastic... Uh, bottle filled in with like some stuff, water, probably. which would work yeah. maybe maybe once, but probably not. Well, he, yeah. he, uses, he uses it. Well, anyway, <laughs> but I mean, well, I mean, so, but yeah, movie. I mean, yeah, it's a movie. Uh, same with the other one. But the point is, Laura, again, starting from Origins, she's she's not really quite the Tomb Raider yet. Like, yeah, the movie, the game's called Tomb Raider, but she's becoming the Tomb Raider. Going around this island, salvaging these, like, random crates of stuff, sometimes from, from people's bodies, but they're they're meant to just be, like, random pieces of crap that she's finding on this island, and she's using this to make her weapons better, like, either by improving the reload speed of it, or changing how much, uh, recoil there is in the gun, and, like, some right, of so them let's are a flip, little bit... Let's flip it around for a second. Okay. What could they have done? How could they have framed this mm-hmm. in a better way to both advance the weapons right. and still make it feel reasonable in this world? She I, a better weapon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, she runs into, you know, people. She's killing them all the time. Later parts in the game, just like they do in, like, a lot of other games. Like, like you know, for instance, Okay, but the difference Uncharted. is here you get to choose how... You get to decide the weapon progression. Right? Well, no, yeah, of course, but like, like what you could do so there is. Is there any way you can maintain the weapon progress your your choice of weapon progression while still making it fit somehow? I would think yes. Like if they if they made a the like a way where the game had say like like for instance, you're supposed to find documents of people's logs or whatever. If they had like manuals 
for a certain type of gun. It was like, here's a manual for how to do X, Y, and Z. Like, things that you could find like that. Okay, so like, you found that, and then that lets you use the either, either resources you use, to do whatever. Yeah, either it lets you use the resources to do whatever, or it's a combination of things where you find, you know, manuals for improving the gun, but then it says, okay, but you need a part from this particular rifle that you can only get by other creatures, like, sorry, not creatures, other people later on in the game. And so like you that. need to go kill five rats before that. Not rats. No, no, like, other, <laughs> no, like other, other enemies. You need to go there's, farm there's, ten materials. I mean, the from... thing is, no, like, the thing, like, the thing is, there is no shortage, no shortage of enemies yeah. whatsoever in this game. Well, except that until there is. Okay. So, so I had a problem, and I got really, really lucky. One of the achievements in this game yeah. is to kill a certain number of people with each weapon. Yeah. I didn't realize this until after I had finished the game. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, after you finish the game, there's only like 12 enemies left. And so after the game, I had three of the four achievements yeah. for three of the four weapons. What gun were you But I didn't have uh, mostly the bow. Yeah, good um, But by the end of the game, I didn't have the achievement for the um, assault rifle. And, like, I had a save at 70%, so I went through and I killed everyone with the assault <laughs> rifle. And after the game, I killed the last 12 people, and I think on the 11th out of the 12 people that are left after the game, I got the trophy. Oh, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it was so close to not being anybody left to kill. But, anyway, sorry. Um... But, yes. Are we still talking about the upgrade system? Upgrade, yes. It's, okay, so... I like it. I like it too. But it's so mm. gamey and it didn't fit with the story at all. Yeah. Yeah. So there's I I feel like since they had separate systems for advancing the skill tree and advancing equipment anyway, they could have done it in a in they could have just given you specific parts to your weapons rather than make you gain salvage points, right? I also felt like that would have that would have fixed yeah. the whole like oh this feels like she shouldn't have the skills to modify this weapon so completely that it looks like a completely new weapon. Mm-hmm. It would have been like her upgrading skills didn't actually make sense in the in the context of the story either. Yeah, right. Like, why is she all of a sudden a, a trapper now? Yeah, like like why does why does her finding that one tomb like one of those hidden tombs? Why does that give her enough points to she increase enough, one of her skills? She got enough scraps, and now she's able to stab guys in the eyes better. Like, how does that make sense within the context of this story at all? Yeah. Just so gamey. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I guess they had, they had to put in, like, make the characters seem more and more powerful as the game went on, right? So, I guess this was... Yeah, but... One way you can contextualize it, or, you know, one character all of a sudden is like, wow, you've really gotten more powerful, or I can't believe you're shooting rifles now. When I when we first got here, you didn't even know what a bow was. Or, you know, there, there are ways you can con- contextualize these things in the world yeah. and make it seem like this is part of the ongoing narration, yeah. but it... But they made it just, like, completely outside, right? Mm. Um, if there were something like, if you had completely maxed out a gun, and, you know, you walk up a, 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 on a bad guy, it's like, oh my gosh, she's got a badass rifle, run away, right? Something, mm. you know, contextualize it in the world somewhat. That, mm. I felt, was really, like, 
it made it feel really gamey. It's something that's, um, ironically, it's kind of more of a Japanese thing. They like having gamier uh, games than we tend to um, here in the States. And actually, I don't know who, who made this game. Do you know? Square Enix. Okay, well, that answers that question then. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Square Enix and something monthly. It might have been Square Enix. Don't quote me on this, and don't nobody sue me over this, because I don't know shit. So, I'm pretty sure it was Square Enix. I think so. I think you're right. But, okay. So, okay. In that context, the idea of the, the this is a very Japanese-y thing, mm-hmm. this gamification kind of, or not, not gamification, that's a completely different thing. Yeah. But this kind of gamey context of gamey video games is a very Makes sense. Japanese-type yeah, feel. Is it, is it jarring, though? For you, in that it's like it's so, it's presented so for beautifully. This game, which tried to be realistic, except for when it didn't, right. which we talked about earlier with yep. the whole spiritualization or spiritual stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. Like it tried to be this gritty, realistic reboot. Right. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, but we've got ghosts. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Yeah. For me, I guess I didn't really think about it too much maybe because I don't really I mean like how Alberto has your you have your thing with um, being able to switch immediately between first and third person so oh, right, when yeah. you're playing the game yeah. uh, I have I have sort of the same thing with this game in that I I, I I immerse myself in the game and in the story to the extent that you know I like being the person running around climbing walls and shooting people but to me, it's still just a game. I'm not yeah. fully immersed. I'm not like feeling like I'm fighting for my survival when it's a quick yeah. time event and you're supposed to stab the guy in the eye at the right the right moment or you're gonna die. Yeah. You know? As for me, it's just like, oh fuck, I fucked that one up. Okay, go back. Buttons are all the same. I'll just remember these mappings. Let me finish this part and move on. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think about it that way. So I I didn't really the upgrade system didn't irk me quite as much. But yes, it, it is a little jarring to have that have a system like that while now in a survival context. One of the things I will say about the upgrade of the upgrade system and both the upgrading the weapon and the that whole interface, what it looked like when she went into the campfires was beautiful, and mm-hmm. um, like the way. She sat down at the fire, and the yeah, menus okay, popped yes, up, yes. and you could switch through them. Agreed. Um, the way it was kind of this half in the world, half in the menu system thing, I thought was really beautiful. Yeah. And then we kind of talked about this a little bit. I, so I, um, so really quickly, I played this on the PS4 version. You, then you played the PC, and I played the PS3 played. version. Um, so the, the PS4 version was. Beautiful. Yeah, it was. Um, we compared and contrasted a little bit between the PS4 and the yeah. PS3 version. Anything you want you want to say about? It? Yeah, like I was immediately like even just from the the main menu, um, seeing the detail in the water from the sea, like the waves, that was just like incredibly different. And then I think what also got me was when uh, you were playing and like, people were, like, shooting bows at you, and, like, that, the line that shows up after the bow. Like the near miss. Yeah. yeah. 
vapor train. Yeah, like the, yeah, the vapor train. Like that was just like holy crap! That looks so good. Like even if it's for like a split second, like it looks so crisp and so nice. Compared to the PS3. I mean, like don't get me wrong, the PS3. Like if you can only play this game on the PS3, if you can only play it on the PS3, like it looks great. You should okay. do it, especially. Not yeah. a problem. But uh, yeah, like PS4 version from what I saw was amazing. I didn't get to compare it, but, I mean, I posted something on Facebook about my computer having issues with water. <laughs> <laughs> my water periodically looked like zebra stripes and or plaid. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's just my computer. Like, the rest right, of yeah, it yeah. was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I loved this game's art direction. Yeah. Um, kind of a... a Fall back on something else that we were talking about. Uh, I guess this kind of goes also to the how real this game was or not. Something that we talked about, which we forgot to mention earlier, was the fact that like when you start playing this game, it's like you had made a comment last time. Well, that like the it seemed like the way that they either when they developed one part of the game versus another didn't really seem to be in order. For instance, like when you first start with the game, there's a point where. Like, you're, you're strung up, you're upside down, and you're struggling to get off. There are a bunch of dead bodies around you and skeletons down on the ground. And you finally get free, and you land on the ground, and, like, a rib from another body, like, just pierces through Laura's back and stomach, like, all the way through. And, like, you're, you're obviously in a lot of pain. You're getting through it. You get out of the cave. And then all of a sudden, you're out of the cave, and you kind of forget about it. And then maybe, like... A fourth of the way further. So the in way the I game. would describe it is this story was really schizophrenic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like it would tell you a little bit about this thing and then forget about it and maybe come back to it two hours later mm-hmm. and you're like, um, it's like all over the place. Yeah. Um, you're kind of describing two different ideas kind of. that I, or two different scenes I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's one scene where. You're like, you're talking to people, and you get knocked out, and then all of a sudden you're in this room, bloody room with a yeah. bunch of bodies. And I'm like, why am I here? Why did they put me here? What does this have to do with anything? And then, like, the other thing you were talking about is, in the very beginning of the game, she gets stabbed through the torso, and it's like a big deal, and they show you how she's doing it, and she handles it, and then it's not until halfway in the game before she... All of a sudden, feels oh my god, my my torso. Yeah. I should get that bandaged up. I'm like, I that that was so long ago. Yeah. I almost even <laughs> forgot that she got stabbed in the first place. Yeah, and like, and it wasn't like even when that part comes back up in the game. It's not like they made it where it was like, okay, she just needs like another bandage because like the other ones, you know, seep through blood, and she just needs a rechange. Like she needs to, she cauterizes her wound. Yeah, with, a, with well, an arrow. It's the first time she's yeah. done, right? And it's like you don't cauterize a wound, you Three know, days hours later. or yeah, like whatever <laughs> after the the fact that it happened. Like you do that in the moment because if you don't do this, you're gonna die. Yeah. So very early on in the game, one of the first things you do is you're you're running through this thing and you're in the mountain and there's a, a earthquake and the the rocks are falling down around you mm-hmm. and like. Um, it's very kind of cutscene-y. If you don't press the right buttons, then you die kind of thing. Um, so there's one part in that very beginning where I'm running away, I'm running away, trying not to get crushed by the mountains, and I missed a button. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, that happens. And then somebody, out of nowhere, grabs <laughs> my leg and holds me down to get crushed. And I'm like, 
Nobody was chasing me. Nobody leaves what, Moria alive. Where, <laughs> where, did, where did this guy come from that's all of a sudden holding me down to get crushed? Like, it, the story's so schizophrenic yeah. in that way. I'm like, like, like why, why are you, why are you trying to hold me here? Why not just run with me and kill me outside? I mean, if it was a chase scene, I yeah. if you would actually set somebody up to be chasing me, I could understand that. But nobody was chasing me. The only thing I was running from was this building collapsing. And all yeah. of a sudden, somebody's holding me and killing me. I'm like, who are you and where did you come from? Yeah. By building, Which, Will means mountain. Yeah. But, yeah, but kind of on that note, though, one thing that I, while I was playing the game, um, Nate was watching me play the game as well. Uh, for those that, if you haven't listened to any of our other podcasts, he's another one of our cast members in our other uh, shows or podcasts. Um, he was watching me play the game. And, like, we just, like, kept back and forth at random times in the game just kind of saying, why is this game so angry? Like, so much, so much bad luck happens to Laura, like, in this game. Like, that's not even, not even explained. For instance, she'll be running on a bridge or something, and then all of a sudden, for some random reason, the support beams will fail, and they didn't fail for anybody else except for Laura. And, like, you have to run through it and, like... Yeah. I could almost accept bad luck, except that it's so bad. Yes, exactly. And right? it's, it's not like it's not like, like yeah, it's not it's little gotta bits. be it's... some technology or something that's changing her luck that it's so bad. Yeah. Or or, you know, if you think about it a different way, she is so lucky all to, the to time. Alive. Yeah, to not be to that, yeah. barely escape all of these things, yes. right? It's kind of uh yeah, she's um, lucky. Un- she's lucky until you fuck up control. Yes, and and then and that's that's the other part. Like when 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 you mess up and she dies, she dies in some of the most angrily ways. <laughs> yes. like, I love, like, the, I love is, the death. Yeah, scene. the game is not like it's like it's like someone put Uncharted and Mortal Kombat deaths <laughs> together. Like it's just like angry as hell. Yeah. Um. My favorite is oh, the uh, when you whenever you die in a river when you're like rolling down a river oh my god yes the death like scene when you fuck you up just like that. like yep. spears you in the neck it's like spoiler alert uh, if you fuck up and run into like branches or uh, wreckage in the river a spike will ram you through your brain yeah like and, um, then, so... and then you will struggle for a second and then she will die yes. did either of you guys play any of the dead space games yes I love some Dead Space. Maybe we should oh, think about playing that for one should. of the games. Did you ever play Dead Space games? I played, like, the first half of the first game. The, okay. Those games are very, like... Scary, right? Uh, scary's kind of into it. The first okay, couple I'm, of games are a little scary. I'm going to go ahead and say, they are terrifying. Glorious. I have, I have, I have a uh, group in my, on my PlayStation 3 for the Dead Space games, solely for the Dead Space games, and it says... Scary as hell. That is how I've classified those games. They are terrifying. So I, I, it's they're good, but they're but terrifying. The first one, is the, the whole f- oh yeah thing okay. about these games is the second one's pretty. There's so many ways you can die, yeah, and they're really explicit about all the ways yes, you yes. can be fucked up. Yes, like oh, okay, we're just gonna rip your head off here. Oh, like, oh, this limb. monster's gonna. Just, Pierce through, your Pierce through yeah. body, like, almost alien style. Oh, this like, one's gonna <laughs> cut you in two. Or, yeah. this monster's gonna, or this thing's gonna bore through your eye socket. And it's yeah. like, they're just really graphic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, 
so in that, in the context of the nephromorphs and things, it it makes sense for the feel of that game. Mm -hmm. For this game, it just feels gory. Yes, yeah. It's like, ah, I'd, it... What's, see, what's great about the deaths in this game is the detail, right? Because, because true, you, have but... games, you have games where you get crushed to death by rocks, and it's just like, oh, the character's under a rock. True. But in this game, it's you get crushed by a rock, and then you watch her face twitch, and then the yeah, light that, go that out was, of her eyes. Yeah. But I feel like the difference is... Oh, man. In Dead Space, those deaths could be the way that the game turned out. Like, I feel like at I mean, any point in the time, if Isaac died that way, that would make complete sense with shit just went wrong, and that's how Isaac died. Hmm. Right? Whereas for Tomb Raider, I don't feel like Laura can die, and so you showing me Laura dying doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel canonical at all. It feels like some random shit that you threw into the game. Do you do you understand what I'm saying? I actually... Or know, do you disagree? No, no, no. I was going to say, it's very interesting that you put it that Because, like, yeah, like, when you... When I think of... When I think of, like, the games Tomb Raider or Uncharted or anything like that, like... I do think about it in the sense of, like, it being very similar, like we had said earlier, to, like, Indiana Jones, in the sense that, like, the end it's result, like, you're expecting that person, you know, the, the main protagonist, to find whatever they're doing at the very end, and, like, right. moving on, and like... complete their adventure. Yeah, complete their adventure, go on to the next thing, like, sure, they, like, they experience a lot of stuff, but you, like, you expect them to get through it. Yeah. Where it's true, like, with Dead Space, it's... You go I into it, like you're in like any room. Oh, Isaac crap. could have been dead. Yeah, like, yeah, like you're. Yeah, I, like, again, okay, we're not gonna that spoil was anything the... of Dead Space, but yeah, like you go in with a very different mindset. Yeah. So, so I mean, technically, this game in the Tomb Raider series is labeled as like survival Ooh. adventure, right? Ooh. Sort of. Kind of. Uh, that's the that's the way I sort of see it. At yeah. least for the first part of the game, where she is, she is. You know, the context of the game is that the entire crew is stranded on an island, and they're separated, and she's basically by herself, and she is fighting for her survival. Right? Yeah. So in that context, at least in the first quarter to half of the game, the deaths. The graphic deaths seem okay to me. Mm -hmm. I can understand where, like, Will, you're coming from later on in the game, where she has moved on past the survival aspect and is moving into the whole, like, my mission is to save my friends right. part, where that becomes the, the really gory, well, not really gory, but, like, graphic deaths become more jarring and, like, disconnected with the it's, tone of the game. I think that... The, the difference is, I never felt like, it felt more like Mario-like. Like, if I didn't jump, it's just this aspect, or if I yeah. failed this jump, oh. it meant, it didn't mean that the story changed, mm -hmm. it meant that I didn't do something to com to go down the right path. Right, right. right. Yeah. Um, whereas... In Dead Space, it felt like, okay, this is the way the story went, and it went up shitty, right? You know, I, 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 I don't know what it is that 
changes it and what makes one one the one way and one the other, but they felt completely different to me in that regard. That's interesting. Because, because yeah. to me, I mean, conceptually, because I don't remember Dead Space that well, but conceptually, what I do remember about Dead Space is that it's very linear, right? It's like this sort of linear mission, and it's just a third-person shooter. You run through this space station, you kill a bunch of aliens, press a button, whatever. You're, you're coming, there's like backtracking and stuff a whole lot that it didn't feel real linear. I would say, like, okay. kind of, so... But it's, me, not, it's not it's not it is well, like, but they know, hide it let's, very let's, well. let's think of it this way like to, to go to it like a movie analogy I would actually kind of say like Dead Space was very much similar to like the idea of aliens or alien and then Tomb Raider is more like Indiana Jones like now when you watch those two movies did you think that everybody in aliens or aliens was going to come out alive no and I mean, like even like when they first made alien I'm sure that people did not think that it was going to become like a tri- or uh, sorry, a quadrilogy and like have like sequels or anything like that. Right. Whereas like when you watch the first Indiana Jones, like you're thinking, okay, sure, yeah, he's an archaeologist, he's going to run into some shit. Okay, he just ran into some shit, but he's going to get out of this, like something like that. Like okay. something's going to happen. That's that's how I like those like, are the like the two movie types that I would think of. Like, you think the tone is really tied to the setting? Maybe a little bit, yeah. I feel like, because, especially since, I mean, I mean, for one, like, Dead Space starts out in space, um, or... But it's really a zombie movie, or a zombie game. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I would say it's like zombies and aliens put together, um, but, whereas, like, Indiana Jones or Tomb Raider, they're both on Earth, they're both here, like... It's closer to home. Yeah, like I, I don't feel like like I would, I would the death say... of the character is ever really a part of the story. Yeah, I feel like a fail state. Like, oh, we we didn't actually get the the treasure that we were planning to. That's kind of more of a realistic fail state mm-hmm. for her than to actually die. Yeah. So, okay, that's interesting. Um, so, me not having really any in-depth sort of background knowledge or exposure to Lara Croft and this entire series, the entire tone of Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. I mean, I know what the premise is about, but as a survival... from For me, going into this particular game mm-hmm. in the series, because it's a reboot, because it's a survivalist game... I actually didn't find the deaths that jarring mm-hmm. because um, so the whole idea of survival and prequel seem completely at odds to me, right? Okay, yeah. The idea that it's a prequel, you know that there right. is a sequel, yeah, is like conceptually completely at odds yes. with the idea and, and of and a I can survival game. That. Yeah. But for me, like, this is, for me, in effect, my first complete exposure right. to Tomb Raider. And not me not really having the exposure to the sequels and stuff, I don't really... I think of this as a standalone game, mm-hmm. right? For right now. Um, even though I know about the whatever Tomb Raider history. Um, and the so, boobs. And the boobs and the whatever, TNA. Um, yeah. But... Uh, 
Okay. For yeah. me, the deaths don't seem all that jarring, and especially when it's paired with like those quick time events where if you fuck up on one button, you will die. Yeah. It actually posed a more like it gave me a incentive to like do things correctly and have a better reaction time the next time around because if I don't, I yeah. fuck up and I fuck up. True. Right. It it makes me it brings the death the death of the character to a forefront mm-hmm. and it makes the game a little bit more visceral for me. But I can see where you're going with like it feels like a Mario thing, especially when it's especially when it's paired up with quick time events or when it's like her rolling down a mountain and you have to do certain things in a certain order or she will die. So you, you might actually answer this question a lot better than I guess maybe like either of the two of us because of this good point. Did you like the fact that for the moment, okay, now I should say on the PC, I don't know what button it was, but for instance, like on the PS3, I was playing on a controller. So okay, you were okay. So on, um, I'm guessing that it would have been the same thing. When like in all those like quick time things that mm-hmm. happened, the vast majority of them, the button that you had to click was triangle, just at the right time, okay. and it was always triangle. Okay. Um, did you? Would you have preferred if they had like randomized that so that it would either be at some points triangle, sometimes square? Yeah. Circle or X. Because at that point, like, for me, like, when I was playing it, I was just like, okay, I know it's going to be triangle. I know this part's going to be triangle. Yeah. Just when is it? Okay, there it is. So. So, yes. Um, well, yes and no. Yes, I would have preferred the randomization because it would have made it be, like, uh, more on your toes. More on my toes. More of a, more of a for, sort of reacting in the moment kind of thing and really a quick time event. Right. Whereas if it's just the same button layout every single time and or or even just like one particular quick time event is a right. sequence right. that you have to remember, um, that sort of brings me out of the game a little because uh, for me it'd just be like, well, okay, so I died at the... Uh, for me, I played on an Xbox controller, so I died at the B. Right. So now I just have to remember why, why B. So I got it the next time. Died some uh, like two seconds some later. Yeah. Second quick time event. So oh, it's, it's an X. Y, so y, it's B, more of a X. game of simple Simon than yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Red, red, yellow, red. Yeah, red exactly. Red. <laughs> yeah. So if it had been randomized, it would have kept me on my toes. I'm sure at least one, probably all of the quick time events would have been extremely annoying for me because it had been like, fuck, I can't get past this level. Right. I would have thrown the controller at something in right. the room. But um, so it's a, it's a wireless controller too. It's a wireless controller. Even if it was wired, I would have thrown it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Rip randomization would have been good and bad, depending yeah. on the mood I was in that day and how much shit I wanted to take from the from the game. Right. So, so I want to talk more about this, but in the context of heavy rain and not really in this game. So. Okay. Oh, 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 oh foreshadowing. Yes, yes, I actually yes, I have some. I've been taking notes. We'll, we'll get to that in heavy rain. Um, is it seriously 60 hours of gameplay? No. <laughs> no. These guys. I mean, I mean, if you, if you want to get all the trophies like I have, it <laughs> okay. probably is okay. okay. Um, around that. But. So, uh, can we take a quick break? Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. refill some drinks? Yeah. Alright, we'll be back in just a second. Alright, coming back from our uh, discussion. Um, so one of the things we were talking about before, which I thought was really weird, is that we, we kept talking about Tomb Raider in the context... Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Woo. Tomb Raider. Woo. This guy. God. We kept talking about <laughs> it, it in the context Sounds of... Sounds like I haven't been late in a while. But... Yeah, it does. Except We kept talking about have... this guy. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, that's why you... All right. <laughs> 
God. We kept talking about this game in the context <laughs> of... Right, okay. We have a phone call. We'll take a quick break. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, back from another break. Sorry, that was oh. Nate interrupting. <laughs> anyway, um, so what I was trying to get at is we kept talking about Tomb Raider in the context of Dead Space, which was a little bit e- e- weird slash eerie. Eerie makes perfect sense for Dead Space. Yeah. Um, but the last time we talked about this in our hidden episode, we kept talking about Tomb Raider in the context of Mirror's the Edge. Mirror's Edge or Assassin's Creed. Um, so I brought it up last time because um, I thought it was really interesting about this game was the way that they the character moves around the world, the, the way they parkour around the world, kind of. Um, I love the way that Laura moves in this world. And... Um, there was this great example I brought up from last time. I'll just bring the, the same example up. Um, one of the examples was how she jumps, right? Mm-hmm. So she'll make jumps that feel like they're just a little bit too far. Like she'll make things in this world that just don't quite... Like you're like, oh my god, I don't know if I can quite make this jump. And she'll make it. And it'll make you feel great because you're like... Wow, I can't believe that I was just able to make that jump. And then I had an experience after the end of the game when I was running around trying to collect trophies where I, like, did the exact same thing but from another point of view. And it was like, she went out, she reached over, and then, like, from the other point of view, I realized that, it, like, just kind of, like, corrected her position until she corrected <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. like, oh, no, 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 it's okay, you caught it. <laughs> like, oh. So it's just being really forgiving. Nice. yeah. Right? Um, but at the same time, like I feel like I feel like the game does a really good job of like we made the comparison also last time with Uncharted, where like in this game, like you it was it was pretty obvious to see what parts you could jump onto and not jump onto, but like, without being like bad obvious. Like it was like they did like a really good job of like there was like a white paint on. So in Mirror's Edge, yeah. it was the. The red, red path. Yeah, the red right? path. And it was like, this is the way that you can go. Yeah. Yep. You played Mirror's Edge too, yeah. right, Dan? Yeah, there's a there's like a red path, and then there's like a blue path that's like more difficult or something. Yes, yes. I but, remember that. But yeah, so in Mirror's so, Edge, the art okay. direction is so like So I played a lot of the, um, the mobile phone version of Mirror's Edge lately. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a mobile version? Yeah, I've heard about and that. And they're actually too, but... pretty cool. Yeah. But... Something I noticed in the mobile version is that, like, if you approach the same thing from different directions, the red path turns back to white. Did that happen in the video game? I can't. I, I don't, don't think so, right? You can ask Nate when he gets here because I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. I maybe. Idea. I I I feel like in the game, red stuff was just red. Yeah. And regardless of which direction or whatever, it was just the red stuff. Yeah. But in the phone version. Like, the red stuff was legitimately the path that you were supposed to go on. And yeah. So it kind of felt a little bit different. Okay. In um, in Tomb Raider, it felt more like what I remember the Mirror's Edge full-fledged game to be, mm-hmm. whereas in, um, in Tomb Raider, the white is like the path. This is a way that you can go, mm-hmm. not necessarily the way that you should have be going go, or right. have to be going, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, like that, and that was the thing that was what I liked about it, because it was... It was, you could go 
it, it was obvious as to like what you could climb up and what you couldn't climb up, in a sense. But it wasn't as obvious as to like saying, okay, you have to jump onto this ledge, have to go here, have to go here. So you could still, there were multiple ways of getting from point A to point B. Yeah. Uh, which was also great because, I mean, the game is, the um, Tomb Raider is very much like an, an exploratory game. Uh, which is something that, like, when I play games like that, like, I explore every freaking crevice that I can find as much as I can, and then, like, keep going. And so, like, games that I, that where it's, like, there's only one set path, and, oh, if you want to check that crevice, that's fine, but then you've got to go all the way back to the beginning and go back yeah. the same way. Like, I hate that. So, so it felt kind of like a little Assassin's creed in that way. <laughs> yeah. That, like, in Assassin's Creed, it's like, there's a mark that be like, oh, you can jump off into a thing here, and it shows you the birds, but that's just like an option that is available, and right. you can run completely the different way, right? Uh, so, Do you play much Assassin's Creed, Dan? Uh, no, I didn't really get into that series. Oh. I need to get Ooh. into it more. I saw, I saw it, but I need my, to get oh, my first Oh, you guys are killing me. <laughs> my first exposure to Assassin's Creed was in Assassin's Creed, the third, the third one. Which is one. highly sought up or considered one of the worst games exactly. in the series. Which is why I didn't get into the rest. Didn't of them. play the rest of them. Um, it's a really fun series. Yeah, I, I I like the traversing in uh, in Tomb Raider. There are certain parts where it's just very linear, right? Where it's like you have to go this certain path to reach the end of the level or to move on to the next so... section of the map. They did a pretty good job of hiding the like the open world parts from the mission parts. Yeah. Would you, you would you agree? Yes. For um Intimidator. Yes. Um I mean like you saw that it also So there were definitely situations where like, okay, this is definitely the open world yeah. and this is definitely a mission. Mm-hmm. But like the transition between the two, they I think I feel like they hid that better yeah. than a lot of games. So like if you like consider like Grand Theft Auto, right? Mm-hmm. The difference between open world and mission is you have to stand in a circle and start a mission, yeah, and or like press X to start mission kind of thing. And where in Tomb Raider, it's like maybe the difference between the two is you climbed up a thing, and so obviously in the background it's loading, but from a game player's point of view, they they hit it really well, so you don't actually see the loading of the mission kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so even just like. With the game, there were there were certain parts of, like, you, you knew, and this is actually something that, like, I liked, which you also see in Uncharted, but you get to a point where you you hit a certain section, and either you see a cutscene that, like, a really quick cutscene, and then, like, enemies start flooding in, or you go somewhere, and it was shortly after a previous cutscene, and, like, you defeat enemies in a certain area, and as long as you don't go past that area, you can still explore in that area and be fine, but in the moment that you get a little bit further, some more enemies start coming in. And So, it wasn't as bad, well, okay, so, think of Gears of War. Did you play Gears of War? I did not. Did you play okay. any Gears of War? Yep. Okay, so in Gears of War, mm-hmm. if you're in a section and you feed all the enemies, you'll get a big old bong, like... Congratulations, you've cleared yes, all the right, enemies. Right. And now you can either you move on or look around, right? Yeah. So there's this big old bong, and it like lets you know. Yeah. Um, so in this game, the same, 
thing happened. Kind of. But there's but, not the big old no. congratulations, you've cleared this area sound. Yeah. Right? So do, was, you, do you what do you think about I actually so the the best example So from of, the point of view of not knowing any better. Right. <laughs> better. Yeah. Or not knowing a different way. Yeah. Like, what did you think about how it was pre- presented in this game? I actually really liked it because there was um because at first I started getting a um I didn't quite know I I didn't quite understand what to look for at first when I was when I knew whether or not all the enemies were gone or not. I was just basing it fully on sight. And there was one part in the game where you were captured and you uh ran away but they all like they had your weapons still like so you had you had just gotten a bunch of your weapons but you got captured. They took all your weapons and you had nothing except for like your your axe, and, and you basically yeah, and then like your you torch in, in the prison. Is that the time you're thinking of? No, um, you end up uh, back outdoors, but it's really dark. Um, this is where you're you're like it's like right after the point you're where you're still like, tied up. Is that the part where you're running around? No, you remember the oh. part where like you fall down. So and they basically you, like... Metroid you five times in this game. And yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, which time. yeah. Like it's 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 the time after you fall down and like you're in a pool of blood, oh. like the river of blood, and you kind of walk out. Um, after you walk out, you you find a bow, uh, or like you ba- sorry, like there there are two people. One of them has your bow. That's the only thing that they have, and you hit them, you take the bow, you don't have any arrows at that point, but you yeah. fall down and you at least have your bow. Yeah. And you walk out, and then when you walk out, it's really dark. And you grab some bows, and you, like, this, this is, like, one of the main you parts where, like... Bows. Yeah. Yeah, some, you know, some elbows. Um, Spending bows. But you're walking around, Road and, and it's, bones. like, you have to be stealthy as hell, because if you if you're not stealthy, then... They'll one all start coming like to shoot you, but then two they'll unleash some wolves on you uh, while you're still trying to oh. beat them. I, I only know this because I failed it the first time. Wait, is that after the plane crash? Oh yeah, this is. Um... Yeah, there was a. Honest to goodness, I don't remember any wolves in this game. What? The, wolves? Uh, no, I did get killed by a wolf. Yeah. There were there were wolves. There were wolves. I remember wolves. They were like training when wolves. I was shoot a, shooting deer. Yeah. I don't remember them being in any other part of this game. Then you did not fail in this part like I did. <laughs> um, so, so, so like, but I, I like I remember like that part of the game. I I the first time I did it and I failed. I was like shit. Okay, I got to be more stealthy. And so yeah. like I spent, not kidding, like thirty minutes like creeping around, aiming. Waiting for the right time, sh- like doing headshots with each of the pe- like, each of the people, and I got everyone. And I thought that I had actually killed everyone, but like the, the game does a really smart job of if you kill everyone within your area, even if they're just slightly outside of the area, the music will stop and you'll stop crouching and like you'll come back up and you'll be fine. Yeah. But then I remember there's this one part that there was a um like a barrier that the only way you could get through it is by shooting the shotgun. And, like, there's no way of being quiet with that. And so I shot the shotgun, and then, like, two people up, like, further closer to, like, where I actually needed to go. They're like, what was that? And they come down, and I was like, fuck, I wasn't done? And, like, but this was, like, now, like, another 30 minutes later, because I was trying to get all of the items in the previous area. Yeah. But, like, by previous area, it was literally just around the rock. Like, it wasn't, like, another, like... 
you know, walking like down a path and down like, across yeah. a river. It was right around one rock, and that was like that's where they were. So, um, I think that the game did a really good job of that, where it was like, okay, cool, but like the immediate danger, you're no longer crouching, you can come right back up, but it was still misleading enough so that like if you went a little bit further, you could run into some more people. So, um, that brings me on to one of the things I want to talk about, was kind of the completionist aspect of this game. Yeah. Um, so, for many different games, I kind oh. of like to... Okay, so let's talk about that, the completionist trophy part, in just a second. We'll be right back. Who produced Mirror's Edge? Who's the company? Oh, Dice. Okay, okay, okay. No Dice? Ha, ha, ha. Okay. So back again. Um, so we are now joined by special gays. Get uh, gays. By special geisha. We're special geisha. Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Special gay. Anyway, so Nate Stevens. Hey, Nate's back. Um, to join this podcast, you need to tell us how you have experienced um, Tomb Raider slash Laura Croft. Oh, what was I, your first experience with the franchise? Uh, this this actually is the first experience with the Tomb Raider franchise. Really? So despite having played PC games for about a billion years. Come on, you saw the movies though. No. no. What? No. Yeah. How did you miss that? Those are never my type of movies. I barely. I showed him a little no, bit no, of no, one no. of the movies. Let's let's talk about this first. Let's talk this out. We went to see Maleficent together, and I said it was really cool to see a movie with an intelligent female protagonist who was able to demonstrate love and violence in the same movie. I was like, oh, you like that? Well, I've got a movie for you. And I think all that he focused on was the Angelina Jolie thing. No. And I was like, no, this is not the same. No, this is two boobs and a butt fighting a bunch of dudes. It's not female empowering in the same way. And I was very irritated, and it's probably ruined my shot at the movie's first. I like say it. they're pretty terrible. I told you they if were You like bad that, too. you should see Wanted. <laughs> Curve the bullet. Curve the bullet. bullet. <laughs> Alright, so I think, we, I think we were talking about the kind of completionist nature of this game. Um, yep. So, this game was a little weird in that... Um, so... I tried to go back and, like, got to catch them all, catch the Pokemon thing, you know, get all the achievements. The achievements didn't really feel like they belonged in this game. It felt like it well, kind of, of a tack-on kind of thing. Some of them are also multiplayer-based, which is not the what I... So that was my next step. Multiplayer? Did anybody touch the multiplayer? Not yet. I played a what did you think of that? I suck ass. First off, okay, question. Was it, was it How the hell is this game meant, like, who, How does that make characters? sense? Like, are there just, like, a bunch of Tomb Raiders or Lara Crofts on the map trying to kill each other? Like, how... Oh, wow. How is this... Oh, oh, tell us. I mean, the this is a spoiler game. Just spoil it. Yes. Tell it's... I mean, the multiplayer isn't any part of the narrative, right? No, no, but, like, so how do you... Is like, it just a bunch of Lara's running around? No, you play as different characters in okay. the game. So you can you start out with the base like on the good side you like have the crew. you have the crew and then the on the, the other side you have you play like some random savage. Did you did, okay. well, some random racist right. person on the uh, by savage you, you I mean the people who the, are stranded uh, on the island. Uh, as, like the demon? Uh yeah, I think you get that character model at some point. Okay. 
Um, so but you level them up, and you like I, can upgrade your weapons, you, but not to the extent as in the campaign. And, I, I have a question: Is there yeah. ever a scenario where there's two Lara Crofts on one map ever? Yes. Is that possible? That is fucking nuts. Because yeah. I can't imagine how much pain in a world of hurt that would be. <laughs> or how much bad luck happens in that yeah, game. So, yeah, everything <laughs> just crumbles, the map just like just self-destructs yeah, because like, there's too many Lara Crofts. Yeah, there's like <laughs> ten storms instead of like one. <laughs> that's where that's where the quote this world ain't big enough for the two of us is exactly. both bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm hoping I don't think, maybe Nate has put, did anybody else play any Assassin's Creed multiplayer? No, I played no. some. It's fucking great. I think it's great too. Yeah. Especially can the you describe? No. Can you describe it real quick? No, uh, I don't play enough. I just played play. enough. I think it was in it was in Black Flag. It was in like multiplayer. <laughs> okay, I had to like wait for someone, so I like clicked on multiplayer, and it was, like half an hour later, it's like I'm really having fun, and I'm sad to have to leave this. Okay, so let me quickly describe Assassin's Creed multiplayer. Um, so they do a quick thing where. Um, Within the context of the game, they it they make it a game within the game, right? Okay. So you are literally playing a game within this game. So it makes sense that there are characters who all look the same, right? Right. And so you're in this simulation, right? But one of the things you do is it's like, um, it's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's polluted. It's not. <laughs> it's uh. Like asynchronous, but that's not quite the right word. Um, it's like not quite balanced multiplayer. But it's, peti- it's specifically what? off balance. Oh, so so like you mean it's asymmetrical. Asyn- asymmetrical multiplayer. That's yeah. the word I was looking for, right? Yeah. So what your goals are? Everybody's goals are different, and they're do- doing different kinds of things. So for example, one of the game modes is you've got somebody you've got to try and assassinate, and somebody's trying to assassinate you. And so depending That's on like where you cool. are yes, on this, so you're both trying to hide into the the scene mm-hmm. and trying to find your target and assassinate them. And so it's kind of this combination of, and then like depending on how good you're doing, more people are trying to assassinate you mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so it makes, um, and so the way that they do capture the flag kind of works into the same kind of thing where... Not everybody's trying to do the same thing at the same time. Right. And I think that's kind of cool. That's awesome. So what I wanted to ask was, does the multiplayer in Tomb Raider bring up that kind of... What did you call it a second ago? Asymmetrical. Asymmetrical multiplayer. Is no. any of that involved in this? Not that or I is it, is uh, So there's obviously multiple playtypes, but I didn't play all of them. All I played was the deathmatch. Uh, uh, I'm sure there's like capture the flag, king of the hill, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really touch any of them. But from what I saw of it, it was just it was everybody's like, trying to shooter. do the same thing. Yes. You basically, you knew what was going on. There was nothing like, what am I doing? Like this is crazy. I've never played a game like this before. Uh, that to me. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah. It was, it was pretty. It was familiar. Yeah, cool. exactly. It wasn't. They didn't try to do anything so, outside the box. So it lets me down, and that there's nothing that I really want to play about this game, and it super lets me down because, you know, half of the achievements in this game are in the multiplayer, and I yeah. don't give a shit at all. Yeah, neither do I. It's like it was actually I don't remember if I told Nate this or not, but I was like, this actually might be one of the first games that I don't give a flying fuck if I get the platinum. 
I felt the exact same way. I was like, yeah. to spend any time in a multiplayer just defeats the idea of trying to get the yeah. platinum. Like I loved, I welcome to the docks. <laughs> like I love, I loved how um, I think it was on. I think Uncharted Two was the first one that did this because I don't think that there wasn't a multiplayer for Uncharted uh, One, right? The first one. I, no, no uh, but um, in Uncharted trophies at first. Right, um, but like in Uncharted Two, there like you can get so the there platinum. Even trophies at first. That's good. Yeah, that was a launch game. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could get um the platinum for Uncharted Two by just you know like from the single player like the campaign, the game, the game, yeah, finishing the game and like doing all the stuff that you needed in there. And then there were also trophies in the uh, multiplayer part. So like when you finish the game, like it would like if you look at your trophies list, like for me right now, it would say like. 73%, but it'll show the Platinum, because I uh, did all the ones in the game. No, that's because of expansion packs. Well, the, but my, my point is, though, like, it has it separated, where, like, the multiplayer parts and, like, the, the part, like, the D, DLCs and all that stuff that come from multiplayer is separated from the campaign, and you can still get that Platinum for it, but you don't, like, if you don't want to touch the multiplayer, that's fine. You're it, not, quote, it, quote, penalized for it. Okay, this is... Never mind, I don't need to nitpick. So, so the multiplayer for Tomb Raider, and it could just be that I'm gifted at being really shitty at multiplayer. Oh no, I am too. Uh, but I suck at it. But the mechanics for the game work really well in the campaign, and really for me, horrible in the multiplayer. What do you mean by that? So, like, um, on every map there will be sections where you like have to use your axe and climb up a wall, or um, like the, I, from what I remember, the running mechanics were the sprinting was really funky. Um, almost, uh, you don't really start out with a bow. You start out with like a machine gun and a pistol and your axe, um, and those controls were the guns weren't very accurate. And maybe it just I didn't progress far enough to like upgrade them. But the guns felt clunky, clunky. The shooting felt clunky. Aiming felt clunky. It was slower paced because there because of the way the map was put together. The climbing took a really long time. The running was weird, and then so for the most part, uh, what the games were was just one guy finding a sniper's perch with a bow and arrow and just sniping the shit out of everybody, hmm. and that was the game. Hmm. Well, that doesn't sound fun. No, no, no. Wasn't for me. You think games like this should have multiplayer modes? Or do you think it's a waste of effort? I thought it was a waste of I feel like it was a waste of effort. It's just like, it doesn't... They, if, if, because, well, so know. for me... That's really bad, because I didn't actually touch it, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would just say, like, so... For this game, like, I feel like it, like, it, it sounds... Even just the premise of it sounds very... Non-multiplayer light. Yeah. Whereas, like, I mean, sure, when, when I first thought of, like, Assassin's Creed... Wow, Assassin's Creed... I wouldn't necessarily thought of it as multiplayer, but that's partly because I've never seen a multiplayer where it's right. as you described, where like one person's like not everyone has the same. Well, like I've Everybody only ever has seen a different mission. Yeah, like, right? I've only ever seen multiplayers where like there was one like like there capture the flag or like deathmatch, like whatever. Yeah, like two like or it's everybody out to kill everybody. Yeah, like there was one base rule that everyone followed, right. and then you you were either on a team or you were individual. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I don't see like even even with like the whole. I don't see a, a Assassin's Creed equivalent for a game like Uncharted or Tomb Raider. Yeah. 
where that multiplayer thing makes sense. So, didn't you play, um, I think, Fat Princess? Yes. Yeah, that game's yes. fucking great. So that, didn't, that, that was one, the first example I didn't actually game play that, but that had a asymmetrical multiplayer, yeah. right? Much yeah, simpler I mean, asymmetrical, though. It was yeah. one side was doing one thing, and the other side was defending. I mean, it was basically an offensive Can you describe it real quick? Scenario. Yeah, so the attacking side, their goal is to bring the princess back to their castle. Well, both, yeah. both teams were attacking it. You're right. Defending it's, it's, at the same time. It's, it's effectively... Actually, maybe it's not a, asymmetrical, because both teams are trying to bring the princess to their side. Yeah. And you can do it at the same time. Although... You can feed, it, you can feed her cake. Yeah. You I'll, can feed the other teams... Yeah. Wait, wait, hang on. Can I... You can feed I, your own... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so I, I would agree that it is very simplistically asymmetrical, because we're at, like, when... For instance, like, I'm going to just use a term or one example that everyone knows of like Halo for instance like when you do like everyone shows up on the map everyone has a gun everyone has like is attacking or defending but they have the same way of attacking or defending to for the most part whereas in um Fat Princess um you had depending on the hat that you put on you had a particular role that you could do so you could either support your other team members in their just like you know their ability to try to attack or not but then you could also stay behind and feed your princess cake to make her fatter and harder to move quickly to the other side. But it was like, so on that sense, I'd actually kind of almost compare it to another version of like, say like Dota. Um, like it's not necessarily tower defense, but it's almost like, it's like capture the flag slash also tower defense because there were certain areas, like certain towers that you could claim to be your own. So that if you claimed it, you could basically like fast travel from where, like from your base to there, and use that to help you get like to the other side more quickly. Um, so it was like it was a combination of capture the flag, tower defense, and maybe a little bit of asymmetrical, but like I would say like a very simple version of asymmetrical multiplayer. I've yeah. decided I felt that it's not asymmetrical. It's basically just class based. So you can Okay, I was like team that. Yeah, it's exactly like so it's different but yeah. so you're doing different things based on your class, not based right, on exactly. what the team is doing. Yeah, and yeah. and that's also on that note, you can also change your class at any point in time in the match. You just have to pick up a different hat and then you so I forgot that. that literally it was hats. Yeah. I forgot you literally just pick up hats. Yeah. That, that was pretty clever. Yeah. <laughs> you pick up a hat and then, oh, I'm a mage. Pick up a hat. Oh, I'm an archer. That's yeah, we should play that game again. It's probably dead, which brings me to my other main complaint about multiplayer in games. If it's not going to be like a huge like selling point of the game, it just seems like it's going to die within a year. Yeah. And if that. I'm yeah. pretty sure Tomb Raider's multiplayer never got off the ground. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. It's just a shame because the game was so over budget and it was such a failure for Square. That it's kind of like, it's hard not to look at points like this as being like, well, here's your lesson for next time. Why yeah. did you spend money on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think a lot of developers do is feel like if they don't have it, it's not going to sell. You know, there's this idea that everyone wants to play that game and they're just kind of refusing to... It, so it multiplayer like... does a good job of making you not want to sell the game back because, oh, maybe I'll play that for a while. Right. It's supposed to. Like, I'm not... I suppose, but I've always thought about it as the opposite. Multiplayer, to me, is like a a major part of the game that is time-sensitive to the launch of the game, because it's not going to be around for long. Unless I'm playing Call of Duty. But that's even more true, because there's a new one every year. So, either way, if you don't play it in the... Like, if you're a used game buyer, your multiplayer's out. I would... So, I... Well, that's a good point. I never actually... 
consider the time sensitive nature of the multiplayer, right? Yeah. Because the. Uh, I was gonna say I I agree and disagree with this. So I can definitely see the point of like it being a time sensitive thing, but at the same time, when and I mean this could also just be because the first time that I really ever thought of like mass multiplayer, like more mass multiplayer that I ever saw was with Halo. Because I thought of it as a way of like being able to bring your friends who also play the game and also kind of wanted to like reminisce or just be nostalgic about it, even if the game is like way old, could come back and play it together. Not necessarily with a bunch of other people, but like a way for you to interact with your social network or people that you. Right, that no. makes sense but that, in theory. That but that's only works like server maintenance. Exactly. Like we just and, saw well, GameSpy yeah. get shut down, and I had to get a bump like. I logged on to Steam one day and like four different games were downloading these catastrophically large patches and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, GameSpy shut down. Any game that actually cares about me, the player, has to like reprogram their entire multiplayer now. That's great. Like, so is my GameSpot running servers? GameSpy. Remember from the old days? GameSpy. Yeah. yeah. So my first experience with this and it's like one of those things where as soon as reality sets in, you're like, oh... But yeah. I bought a PS2 ver- PS2 game. So PS2s in general were not network capable unless right. you had the specific adapter. Right. right? Yep. You had to ha- buy the specific about network that adapter. Port. I never got that adapter. That and I did because I played a bunch of Final Fantasy XI. But anyway, so I had the network adapter. Yeah. And I picked up chess. I think the game was just called chess. I right? remember that. I remember but that. But it was network enabled. Yeah. So I picked up chess. And I jumped online, and there were literally zero games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nobody was playing multiplayer chess. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, so there's a part of this that just doesn't work. On yeah. the other hand, though, if Microsoft had kept supporting Halo 2 servers, I bet there would still be thousands of games online. Oh yeah, I, I would because Halo those. Two was just so successful, and their multiplayer was just off the yeah the charts. There like, were a dozen people still playing it, and I think that the what they're doing with the um, the new Halo, where you're going to be able to play all of the versions of Halo in the new one. Oh yeah, that's that's the only thing that makes me want to get the Xbox One. That's the only thing that makes me want to get an Xbox One Master Chief Edition. That is second to Forza, because I hope they port that shit to the PC. That would be cool. They ain't got to port Forza though. Um. <laughs> so we're talking about all this multiplayer oh, yeah. in the context of Tomb Raider, which we just, did, I mean, it's fine. We just didn't think that Tomb Raider actually had a point for it. A point yeah. to Tomb to multiplayer in yeah. general. So if they'd have done something like Assassin's Creed, where being slow, <laughs> moving around the map slowly, was a part of the game yeah. mechanic yeah, of multiplayer, then it would be great. But but, uh, but even then, like. If you think about, like, the map that, like, just, like, moving around, one thing that I was telling Nate, um, even, when, which I thought was, they didn't really do a good job of this, in my opinion, when you move from area to area, a lot of times, what got you from one area to the other area gets destroyed as you're going there. So it's like, even when she does save um, Sam at the end, part of me was kind of thinking, okay, how the fuck how, the, how are you going to get back? Like, I didn't see a zipline going there, and I had the thing that, like... Just shoot an arrow, there's a zipline, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. You shoot the arrow and stick your pulley yeah, just, on it. Just, just, shoot just, it just shoot it down the step down step. the mountain, it'll hit something, and there's your zipline. <laughs> but... Okay, so wait, speaking wait, wait, about that specifically... Wait, 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 wait. Can I do one more thing about the multiplayer? 
Go ahead. Uh, I feel like what I heard us conclude, like, resoundingly, like, 100 fucking percent, was there's no point in the multiplayer that doesn't make sense in the context of the game. Yes. Do we think that's true for everyone? Do you think that's a lesson that developers should heed? Or do you really think there is a practical use in th- slapping on a multiplayer to get, like, a few extra people to pick up the game? Because I don't think, uh, when I look at a game, I'm like, okay, so you... that could have multiplayer. Fucking Assassin's Creed, that could have multiplayer. I you got to compare it against, like, Battlefield. Yeah. Right, that's the, Battlefield, yeah. you're like, oh, the scale. does this thing have a single-player game? Too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, like I, I actually would say, like, when I do get a game, I actually do think about it as, like, okay, this is a game that I would expect a multiplayer or not a multiplayer, and so I actually get surprised at times when I get a game and I'm expecting, okay, this is like, for instance, like Tomb Raider, when I saw multiplayer and I was like, what? How? Why? What? Like, yeah. it didn't make sense to me at all. And this so, like... the story. A story-driven Space game, three. right, doesn't need a multiplayer. Wait, does Dead Space have a multiplayer? Well, even the co-op, co-op. Doesn't, like, doesn't really okay, yeah, but, make sense. Well... They structure the whole I story I still want to do it, that, but... in the context of the other ones, we, it doesn't... We started it. It's really fun. The, apparently, one guy's just psychotic crazy, and that's the fun part of the multiplayer. <laughs> See, Dead well, Space 3, having co-op, brings it up to, a like, a... Just an unbelievably soaring height of twenty percent the quality of the original. <laughs> yeah. Like it's fucking EA could not have done better with that third game than by making a co-op and bringing it up to that paltry standard. He's right, it is fun. But poultry just, standard. It, There's chicken for it. Not poultry. It's just so offensive. Chickens the and turkeys. And... So much better. Well, yes, yes. More Maybe a duck. Again, yes, it was fun, but. For, okay, you didn't I, beat the first game. I know because I, really I, wasn't. I don't. No, no, no. Hold That's on, hold on, hold on. So stop, no, stop. Like what we said. Oh, I told the. I said this during the break. I cannot play Dead Space by myself. I get too scared. <laughs> so playing in co-op with you, you has been the exactly. only has been the only way that I've been able to play it without it like shitting reason. myself. We have like the exact opposite perspective. I, I understand so that. Stupid. I I'm like, like hey Alberto, I just pooped like, myself. <laughs> and he's like, "Give me two bombs!" And I'm like, "Oh, this is dumb." Dude, like, no, like, the perfect example I have is this. Sorry for the slight tangent. But like, when Simon was over, watching the two of us like beat, like fight that boss, and like the two of us like, "Stasis! Stasis! Stasis! You stasis! Stasis!" Like just like yelling at each other. That was so much fun. That's not what that game is supposed to be. Like, you're not supposed to play that game. And be like, man, this is fun. I love this. You're supposed to be like, who fuck? That's how we were. This shit's gonna blow up. That's how we were. That's the thing. But like that, no, like we were like, <laughs> we no, no, it was not. Like we were yelling at each other, like scared as fuck. But okay, it was fun. Like that You're was right, fun for fun. me. I'm just butthurt. So when, I, want, I want more of the original. We were scared is not really a. Bam. Okay, I w- I was doesn't really work. Well, you can't be scared with someone else in the room. Why not? That's more like say that to. I Ed- mean you. It's possible, but the idea that we are... We... It's a little less scary than one versus the Yes, one. yes, which is why, again, for me at least, this is why I've been why able to play. Why do we have a Dead Space episode? We, I, I, mean, we, I think that we should. I think, that, I think that we should, but like, do you remember the first time you know that what? I tried to play Dead Space? I would idea. play, stop, I was playing, and I, after like five minutes, had to pause the game. I was like... 20 seconds later, start it again. A minute later, pause the game. I've got the analogy. This is like... Like, this was... That was me during the first one. He was sitting in the room, and I was... 
scared to death to like go around the next corner. Like that game is so okay. I so well done. I read. So it's completely trashy novel, but I read the Dead Space book. There's, oh, I read that. Aftermath um, or whatever? Or no, uh, no, sorry, that's the video. Uh, no, um, no. Uh, Ooh, it's it like that. a super prequel. Yeah. But the prologue to the book describes somebody getting dissected by a necromorph. Yeah. And you're like, that's what the hell? I like that. Right? That is the prequel to the book, is somebody getting dissected by a necromorph, and you're like, or they make it, it it sounds so cool, like this guy's like fighting, and he tries to get under, and he's like, oh, I'm going to get out, and he just gets vivisected, and you're like, holy crap. Yeah, it's just like the game. That is what the game feels like to me. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a good point. The idea that, that this, so... Um, so we talked about this a little bit earlier, how, yes. like, in these games, you feel like you're the person, right? Yeah. yeah. So in a multiplayer, you might both feel like you're the person, but if you're, like, sitting in the same room, you would have to be, like, we both feel like we're in the person, and this room that we are, like, well, looking over at each other, like, that doesn't... Well, so that's... Fact no, that, that was... The, like, actually, I think that, like, and again, I guess we should probably... Make this be like the last point for Dead Space Three because now I'm starting to sound like that uh, early podcast for that. But Dead Space Three does a really good job of that because you like there are two characters like again like Nate said they made the storyline make like fit it for a co-op. That's great. Where <laughs> one one character like like one person is playing Isaac Clark for instance, and the second player is playing another one of your party. So like each person you, you can be that person, each person can be their own individual person. And right, right. even it even is, further than that... It is built story. It does make yes. some sense. And even further than that, is there one thing that Nate and I... What? Is there a competitive moment? I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. But even further than that, and Nate and I probably wouldn't have figured this out if, we, if I hadn't brought my screen down from my room to play in the same room, but when you're, when you're playing it, there are times when one person will see a cinematic and the other person won't on their screen, and you would not know that unless both screens were in the same room, which is what we did. Right, so, the, cool. the, so whole, the, the whole point of this game is that one of the guy time. is going yeah, crazy. Yeah, like, the, like a cinematic will happen in real time, but one person will see something, and one person won't. Like, one person might, like, start envisioning, like, whatever, like, having, like, a flip out. So the guy's going crazy. Yeah, one guy's going having crazy. visions. Oh. And so one player sees this guy's visions. And the other one won't. And the other one won't. Um, and and like, in the context of the game, that makes yeah. sense. Yes. Um, in the context of the game, I guess they fight a zombie planet, which I... Well, we, we got to be sure. Anyway. So let's go back to Tomb Raider. Yeah. Kind um, of I'm looking over my points, and I think we've hit all of my points. Do, do you have any other Tomb Raider points you want to bring up? Um, come after me. Den, do you have any points about Tomb Raider that you want to bring up? Uh, only that I'm excited for the next one. Yeah. Really? They've announced it. Where do you think that a next Tomb Raider could go? <laughs> so, for the next one... Is there something announced? Is that what you're talking about? It's, it's been announced. It's Where is she going? Is she going to South America? I have no idea. Or, I have not heard I this. think she's going to South America. But the main story part of it that pertains to Lara is that she's suffering 
through PTSD because this right. next <laughs> game is picking up right I after she uh, gets rescued. Right. And that um, is interesting. Yeah, and it's That's really cool. interesting um, because the trailer is her in a in a so psychiatrist. Or okay. Oh god, I've seen the side. Nate and I it's really want us to play um, yeah, Spec Ops the Line. Spec Ops the Line. Yes. You guys are giving us these blank looks, I've so this is an awesome game that Steam? I'm thinking Steam? App, that this is going to be our yeah. next game. But anyway, uh, go on. I'd rather do Steam. But, uh, do anyway. it on Steam. It's, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, so the next game, she's going on a new adventure, but she, it looks even, it looks darker than this one. That's cool. And it looks well, I don't know if it's grittier, but she's like... It's a great so, reboot. So, uh, yeah, another reboot. Yeah. Uh, you were saying how she comes out of this adventure fully fledged as the Tomb Raider, yeah. right? Well, this next game, I think, breaks that uh, perception completely because she is not the Tomb Raider. That's very She cool, is actually. suffering. Fair and enough. And she is scared as that's, fuck. That's interesting, though, because, like, I would even say then that, like, the ending of this... At least that's how I hope the game Right. Is. Like, because... My thought at the very end of this game, when she's like, when you get her last journal entry, um, someone like one of the boats that they they find after like they take their boat out and they find like another boat that takes them the rest of the way. Uh, he's like, um, "We'll be home soon." Like he, he actually he walks up there and he's like, "From the look in your face, I don't even want to ask you like what you saw there because it like it looks like you've been through some shit." Right. Don't worry, we'll be home soon. And she ends up saying, "I'm not going home," and like she's ready. Like, it, like it, to me, like it sounds like she's ready for the next thing, like the next adventure. Which is why I have that perception. So well, I don't I, even remember that part. From no, yeah, I don't either. But but it looks like so so at the end of this, this is a good yeah. wrap up, right? And I think Square did a good job, at least with this point. Yeah, in the story, I mean, they did a good job with the whole thing. Yeah, but. If this had flopped completely, mm-hmm. they could have ended it like that and been like, that is the prequel, guys. And That's that true. That leads into the rest of the stories, and she's completely fine. That's true. But they took it in a different direction where is she cool. is, I don't want to go home. Right. Like, I don't want to talk about this adventure. Right. And I don't, and I can't go back to my previous life, so I'm going to keep going on adventures because I want to escape this reality. Right. That's, yeah. And... Um, that speaks to me a lot. I mean, we know this about a bunch yep. from our, our brother's podcast. Yeah. The idea that... Yeah, for if anyone wants to get a little bit more info on that, um, the whole brother's podcast you should listen to, but specifically part three um, is where we get into a big, deep but the, but the idea of running away emotionally right. from your troubles. Yep. Um, I think that's really interesting. Um, that's, that's really cool. I didn't know they were doing a... Uh, a sequel, certainly, yeah, next one. Because I would be really, really excited to play so. that. So, so she's, Nate, you just, she's still going to be having her bow and arrow, right? So Nate, you just got here. Um, were there any things that you wanted to talk about specifically? I have two questions. Uh, we already talked about similarity between this game and Uncharted. Yes, yes. above what What do you? Yeah, it seems like they took the same basic story idea of. Here's a protagonist. They're going to go on historical-related adventures, and it's not going to go very well for them. So um, we talked about how uh, all these adventure, like Tomb Raider-esque games, kind of stem, at least in my opinion, stem from like Indiana Jones, right? Right. Like the grand, granddaddy of yeah. adventure, tomb raiding, yeah. treasure seeking 
stories. Yeah. And then they just, they, they, I guess, when did Tomb Raider, like the first yeah, thing the come out? Tomb Raider's along that formula too. 95? Oh, that's oh, definitely the, the, afterwards. The definitely yeah. afterwards. Well, yeah. obviously, definitely afterwards. But do you think that, like, the original Tomb Raiders were, like, knocking on Indiana Jones's door as well? I, I think, well, I mean, I never played the originals, but I oh. I would assume so. They just, the, they're like, oh, Indiana Jones did well, why don't we yeah. throw a female protector? Like, actually, like, even, Steam, well, Steam was doing a, a sale on them, and I was reading some of the descriptions of some of the earlier Tomb Raiders, and, like, when I read them, I would not hesitate to say that so, they didn't have some kind of influence from We Indiana did talk Jones. about okay. one thing One thing that I, I am remembering that we didn't really bring up. Um, so I'm the only guy who apparently played the original Tomb Raiders. Right. Something that was interesting in the, like the original Tomb Raider, there were probably three humans in the game. Really? There were a couple of like bats and lions and things that you had to fight. Right. Okay. Um, but as far as like other people, other people in the game, there were probably about three humans in the game. Oh. And so the game was way more about like puzzle solving and the platforming and like getting around. Um, like but mist it felt very lonely. Mist is kind of a good example where. You just kind of feel really lonely. You're you're solving these problems, but there's not really people around. Um, in Mist, there was one or the two other brothers in the books, but for the most part, people weren't a part of. Oh, I love of that like island, that. and it just kind of felt like surreally. That's like really everybody interesting. Everybody was, was gone. And that's kind of how I felt playing through the original. And That's... as they went on, they added more and more of like other people. And in this one, there's a lot of other people. Yeah, other yeah, people yeah. are the bad guys, right? Yeah. So from that point of view, this is a big departure from the original. Um, but I, I just thought that was interesting. Would you guys? Um, do you have, would you like this game more if it had more of like a woman versus nature sort of thing going on, or just person versus nature? Yeah. Um, I mean. It would definitely bring a new aspect to the game. Um, I think that if they did it, well, like if they put it in the right context, it would actually it could be like a really awesome game. Like for instance, again, I love movies, so I make a lot of movie analogies. Castaway was one of my favorite movies. Really? Don't really, Virgil? <laughs> I'm not judging you, but I'm judging you. Well said. I, I, knew, I knew I was going to get something like that. But, like, really? Yes, like, dude, like, no, seriously, Castaway, like, now, again, yes, Castaway doesn't have really anything else in it except for him on an island. But, that's the that, Robertson Puso story, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, really? like, the, the loneliness <laughs> of that, like, the, the, the aspect of that was really awesome for me as a movie, and so it would be really cool to play a game like that where you are just like by yourself. You are. I, I, yes, I have, I have suggestions. <laughs> you should perhaps consider picking up a fine game from two thousand eight. I like to call it Dead Space. <laughs> I was it gonna make exquisite selection. I, I was gonna make or, that analogy as well. I was just about to say, and Dead Space is like one of those games that does that. Genius. Sounds like <laughs> Dead very Space nice is. Done. Sounds like a game like this might scare you. (laughs) Sounds like you might not have finished Womb Raider if it had been woman versus (laughs) No, because there's a a difference. That wolf scene, man, when I first saw that, I nearly pooped myself. I know, yes, I was, yes, that wolf scene was also, for me, And then people started showing up, and I was like, well, I understand. I can can handle that 
better for some reason than the necromorphs. Those are fucking terrifying. Like they are just God damn it. The the original Dead Space One, it's probably about the same thing. There are three or four humans in that yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you're, I mean, there's, there's. Can't the spoil two... another game. No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Shut up. No. We're trying yeah, they're, to they're, spoil they're, games. Yeah, like, but again, like you, you get onto the ship with two people with you. Like your party is. I mean, you're, you're one person, but you came with two people. And then again, yeah. I'm not going to say anything more about the rest of the game. But yeah, like it's not. You're not fighting. So the difference is that the original Tomb Raider felt like the platforming was a puzzle. Right. Yeah. Whereas in this game, and we talked about this briefly before you got here, Nate. Um, they, um, the platforming is almost fake. Like, I, I showed, I talked about this example where you, like, you reach and you try and jump for something, and I saw it from a different angle, and it, like, kind of moves Laura a couple of pixels across until she can reach it, and you're like, oh, well, they're just completely faking the reality to make you feel better. Yeah. And so you feel like you can make these giant jumps that aren't possible. But, um... Anyway, so, so they, oh. would it, I I mean, my personal opinion on it is that Square is tapping into, in, I mean, this is a mainstream game, and it seems like if mainstream games don't have the kill other people kind of action, it can't, it doesn't do well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, do you, I want to bring you, out Portal. I mean, he's wrong, but Portal, by the publisher right. logic, he's completely correct. Portal? Absolutely nobody's killing that game. Valve also doesn't give a fuck if that game's <laughs> successful. They just threw money in a heap. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like the... People will probably buy it, and that works way, for Valve. Yeah, that's the way they're... I mean, they're pulling people on the Steam, right? So, yeah. yeah. But, Portal and, yeah. like, Team Fortress 2. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. A- anyway, t- can you explain how, like, I'm right and how I'm wrong in the context <laughs> of... Can you explain how I'm right and everybody else is wrong? Oh, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, you're. I think that you're, like, I think indie games have shown us that you're wrong. Yeah, indie games okay, have yes. shown us that but there's it, plenty of in things... In they're indie games. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There's plenty of things that people will want to play. No matter how fucking weird it is, you're a Soviet immigration checkpoint agent. Yeah. Like, people yes, will play it. exactly. You know, but as far as the publishers have shown, in terms of... I think that they feel that in order to justify the tremendous expense that games... Uh, Tomb Raider is a great example of a game that went way over budget and did not make up its numbers in the end. As far as games like that go that take so much money to build, what you end up having to do is you compromise your like specific artistic vision for something that will appeal to the most people possible. Right. And I think that they feel, whether correct or not, that violence is the easiest way to draw in large numbers of people. And I don't have enough data to say that they're wrong. Because yeah, Papers Please did really, really, really well. Yeah, but it was but, also made on like a skeleton budget compared to the millions and millions of dollars this game cost. Right. So yeah, I just like they couldn't have you couldn't have made a game that was successful. But it'd be like Laura Croft's Tomb Raider, the reboot, featuring the central mechanic of racing driving. <laughs> it's gonna be great. You might hit someone. <laughs> like it's not gonna fly. Like there are certain things that are more lucrative than Drive others. Drive a cliff, it might fly. Sorry. <laughs> really? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, all the mystical so wind goddess. Well, that was your second. Oh, what was your second well, question? I guess at some point of the first question was, do we? I assume you already talked about it. I apologize for joining late. Did, did you? Were there things that this game did that you would have liked to have seen Uncharted do? 
I keep asking about Uncharted because I freaking love Uncharted. I mean, so do I. Um, and they seem quite similar. I so I mean, one kind of similarity that we made between the two of them is like the 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 ending of Tomb Raider for this one, like the fact that it became like the ending was like a magical bit. Seemed yeah, like, very. It was. It, it wasn't cool. as like of much of a build up to it as we could have, where we would have liked. So like we were all kind of. Or, sorry, by we all. I mean, Will and I were like expecting like a some, some kind of like a mechanical thing that it would explain why this was happening. Or and Instead then like leaving, being right, left supernatural. Right. Whereas Uncharted, I think, did a really good job of. They start out and the whole quest is already based around some kind of myth of something that no one really knows if it's there or if it exists. Like, there's some kind of, like, mysticism to it already, rather than just, like, okay, there's some treasure, or, like, there's a treasure thing that we know it's over here, we just need to find it. Is there any, like, mystic origin story that this is based on, or did they just make one up? And also, why hasn't anyone done the Bermuda Triangle yet? Uh, I think probably it because it's too... Yeah. I also, I mean, well, I, I think it means, like, just in general. Right, like, I just mean other games. I would, I mean, like, in general, I just think that people don't really care much about the Bermuda Triangle. I, so, I honestly don't. Yeah, but this is, uh, sorry, this is reminding me of a point we brought up in the last podcast, um, which I thought was really offensive, but we did er, and we didn't bring it up yet. Um, this game takes place, like, oh, 20 yes. miles off the coast of Japan. Oh, yeah. There are no Japanese people in this game. Yeah. Except potentially the Oni. There's artifacts. What? There's, like, yeah, there is one artifact from, like, or there's, like, two artifacts from Japanese soldiers, but how how are you going to say that this game happens basically in Japan, and there are no Japanese people in this game? It just blew my mind. One, I guess she's Japanese girl, Sam, who has to become the vessel of... But yeah. it's not because she was there, it's She's because she half, was like she showed up on the ship with us. Yep. There there's absolutely nothing remotely a, a, a indigenous mm-hmm. about yeah. anything. No, like actually it was it was really interesting because I completely forgot that the island was off the coast of Japan and despite the fact that they were like a lot of the artifacts were from either Japanese soldiers or things like that. Or you're traipsing around in Japanese temples. And yeah, like, like even, like... For, like, most of the game. Yeah, like, even, like, all of that, like, I still didn't feel like an important... Or, like, I didn't, like, really think, okay, it this is off the... Right? Yeah, it could have been anywhere that just happened to be, like... So what are we what are we criticizing? The fact that they even bothered to mention where it was? Yeah, just the fact that they didn't... Well, I mean... It was all like... It... That's another inconsistency. There are a lot of inconsistencies in this game, right? If if that is a central, important part of this story, then it should be consistent throughout. Yeah. At least throw me a character, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, the 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 sets were all Japanese, but like costume design, there was nothing, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. Heck, I would even say the the plane that came to try to rescue them. Like it would have made yeah. complete sense that that was a, a Japanese. Yeah, plane. and it was it was or something. Yeah, and it was. was there it was any, some American dude. Was there any rationale set out in the story? Because all the like island people were like speaking English, right? Yeah, I mean everyone was speaking English. Uh, so actually, now that I think about it, 
here's a way they could twist if they wanted to give backstory. So if it's off the coast of Japan or close to Japan, people, people in the islands would know that this is an area you don't go because you get fucked up if you go in there and you don't come back out, right? It's the Bermuda Triangle, Pinkfoot, Bermuda Triangle. Right. Because, yeah, before they came about the whole thing. Because of reasons. Yeah, because of reasons. Um, and there's it's a lost midway. There's a lost empire on that, or lost city on the island. Uh, we don't want to go there. Um, the only people who are there are the shipwrecked people, right? The people who uh, get stranded on that who, island who are inherently from other places. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the, they all teach each other English. Right. The then... first person who captures Lara is Russian, and right. they they their that group is referred to as the Russians. Okay. Um, oh. oh. Uh, the leader is uh, everybody else is like American uh, seeming. Yeah, they all speak English like without accents. They don't seem to be world travelers. Yeah, so way too angry to be. I mean, they do seem like world travelers. Weird. And um, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say on that. Point. I, I guess can, they could twist it. I like can that. But I, I, just don't I, I mean, like I can see that, and but like I would say they. It would have been nice if they had addressed that like that. Yeah. Because that wouldn't have taken any time to just like make a quick right. I think reference the last, to that in the game. Uh, I know we talked about it last time. That We we talked about the story being kind of schizophrenic. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Nate had any chance to weigh in on this yet. But like one of the last points about this schizophrenic story I would bring up is... There is a giant steamboat hanging in the middle of the air <laughs> that we that we zip line through, and then uh, of I course destroyed no by our clue the why there is a boat night. hanging in the air. They all decided, no idea they decided to smoke a bowl that day, and they're like, "Let's put a boat up here, <laughs> but the boat's gonna be flying, man. Like we are. We're stone. flying. Why not a boat?" <laughs> I, I and have then no a fifty caliber machine gun will yeah. blow the shit out of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot of things in the in the scenes in the story that just like don't make any sense to me. Well, um, what did you think about how the story progressed, Nate? I well, I was actually most curious about. Um, I had no idea. I had no thoughts. I just loved like. I feel like it's the kind of game that I would watch, like, or play highlight clips of, you know? Yeah. Like, there, a lot of the set pieces were pretty ridiculous. Um, like, I felt like I did a really good job of walking the fine line between, like, awesome set pieces and action scenes with a narrative that's sort of cohesive. And I really wonder about the development process of the game, like, like, because it seems like a lot of games really strive for that balance and just fall flat. Like, you either end up with games that are super narrative-heavy and don't really have any set pieces, or games that are based, like, I think Dead Space 2 is a good example of a game that's kind of a lot of set pieces strung together with very little, like, very little rhyme or reason. It was like the art department designed a bunch of things, and they're like, oh, a story. We're just going to connect the dots. So, I like that. Yeah, I guess that's my thought. Me, for me, I mean... I love this game, but yep. I like pretty pictures. <laughs> like games that where I can shoot shit. Yeah. And this has both of those, plus it adds a fairly good movement um, and some 
puzzle solving. Would have liked more puzzle solving, but this is good enough for me because it's pretty. Yeah. Uh, I am superficial like that, so I, I really so, like this game. So Brian was a big fan of assigning a number, one to ten number, to a game. Um, I think this is one of the things we could kind of, let's go around and give our number, and then we'll give any final thoughts before we wrap this up. Yeah, I'll tabulate the average as well, <laughs> as, I did, as I did during Brothers. <laughs> Wait, Will, have you played Mirror's Edge? Have played Mirror's Edge. Could you have guessed that they were written by the same person? Um, like in a we've gotten kind of better and we could build a better story than what we did last time. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> like Mirror's Edge story was kind of. A, did Did this person have anything to do with this? I can see them. The, the I don't migration. know. That's a great question. I was about to start that up today. Like the growth of Rihanna. I love, I love this Rihanna? Rihanna Pratchett, sorry. <laughs> the writer. Not, not the artist. <laughs> We're talking about the... Goddamn. Alright, motherfuckers. Um, score, and then final points. So, Den. Uh, what would you give this? Seven and, and a half, seven and a half to eight. What? That's Whoa. a pretty... Whoa. Let's hear about Which it. one? Which Someone one? is familiar with review scores and is not just throwing out the 90% hype again. Like uh, 70 is 50%, remember? <laughs> oh, is it? Alright, that's it. Well, <laughs> 8 to 8.5 of them. Seven, 70 is an average game, right? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Alright, then half 80, to eight, 8 to 8.5 eight because. Like I said, I love all the superficial stuff. They did a real, they could, I mean, graphics are amazing. It looks really pretty. It, you know, movement's great. Shooting shit is great. Uh, cover system is great. Whatever. Uh, mechanics are all awesome. Could have done without multiplayer. Uh, movement can be clunky at times. There are some like the uh, the searching for items and stuff, like GPS tags and the random items that are relics and stuff that are strewn around, I thought, I mean, it is a Tomb Raider game, but I thought it was unnecessary because it was just, for me, it was just running around collecting stuff. Mm -hmm. Especially when you got the perk that showed you where everything was on the map. Then it was just literally running around, running to this point on that map. Actually pick it up, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I got to the point where I just didn't give a fuck about the description and just, like, picked it up and jumped away. I don't care. You know? Um... But gameplay, I love. Visually, I love it. Okay. Virgo? I actually would give it a 9. Really? Yeah. Why would you say a 9? Um, because I think, like, yeah, although I played it on PS3 when I saw it on the PS4, and which is probably how it looks like also on the computer if you have a computer course. Visually, it is... Gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, voice acting in it, also amazing. Um, I love the way that you can interact with the environment with it. I actually thought that it was really, really, really smooth for the type of game that it is. Um, yes, I had some issues with, like, semantics on her experience with whether or not she could do, but, like, Though those little things were there, they tied it in with the game well. Like it, it made it so that you could continue to progress with the game. Like you had to make it, like you had to explore to salvage and 
make the game easier for yourself. Like you had to actually put in some work to do that. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't so much so that like you had to like kill yourself to do it. Hence the maps that like showed you where all of those things were. Some of those items, yeah, they could have gone away, which is why, I mean, one of the reasons why I wouldn't give it a 10. Um, so, like, there are some things that they could take out. Um, though the multiplayer, yeah, is there, I don't have to touch it at all. I'm not going to touch it, and it's not, like, a very inclusive part of the game. So, whatever, like, that's there. I'll never, I'll never, I probably will never touch it. Um, and it still gets a 9. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. All right. Nate, how about you? Eight. Really? Yeah. Because, well, geez, what are you going to get? Like Just six? Uh, I think that it falls into a lot of the sort of tropes of like AAA games, but I feel like I've spent so long playing games that aren't AAA that I'm like hypercritical of that, so I'm trying to be a little bit nicer. Uh, I feel like the, the voice acting to me almost felt like Uncanny Valley. Like it was too good and it felt kind of weird. I, don't, I, don't even, I can't even put that into words and that's not a fair criticism to be leveled at it. But I just felt like, what was that evil dude's name? Like the dude that was always like, and then I decided it wasn't appropriate for Lara Croft to live anymore. And he like writes the dramatic diary. Was it like Siler or Silas or something? Silas. That dude was too over the top. He needs to be less evil, damn it. <laughs> he might as well have been born. He was, he was, he was, he was the leader Silas. of a cult. Yeah, I, I feel like. I, I may be making that shit up. But that is Silas or Siler are both sinister names. Is this like a Batman know. villain thing where he was like named so unfortunately that he had no choice but to be like cartoonish? <laughs> I don't know. I must live up to my first name. Oh, anyway, it was very pretty. I, I, felt, like, family name. I felt like it could have uh, done with a lot less. Inter- I can't believe they named him Batman. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Interhuman fighting and a little bit more like woman versus wild thing. Uh, and more platforming, always more platforming. Um, because I did, I did, it did kind of feel like at times there was all the human violence getting thrown in there just kind of to make it more, like, sellable. I don't, I don't know if I always felt like... Yeah, anyway, I'm just rambling. Um, it was, like, extremely pretty. Oh. And Silas. from what I've seen of the PC version, that was even, even better. The bad guy's name was actually Father Matthias. There we go, Matthias. Matthias. That is, can we rename him Silas right now? Like, I like Silas even better. Yeah. Uh, that's like a generic bad guy name. So, Nate, yeah, for you sure. were right I on like, money. I like that there was a lady protagonist. If I role. had to oh, score this. Oh, God. One of three women I'm on the island of six. hundreds of men. Maybe six, six and a half. So, start off with the apologetic. It was beautiful. I totally agree. And I really liked the way that I moved around in this game. Yeah. That was really awesome but the story was so schizophrenic the gaminess of the mechanics compared to the game was completely uh, uh, divorced from each other right yeah um i just couldn't wrap my my head around a concept for the whole of this game there were some things that were really cool about this game but the whole package and how they interplayed with each other, I just couldn't handle it. It just didn't come together as a complete story to me. Would you say that there was, get ready for the term 2013, a lot of narrative dissonance in this game? That is to say, do you think that the mechanics and the way you played the game like fundamentally disagreed with what the game was trying to say in its story? Um, I 
that's not as bad as some other examples that happened in the same like, time frame. Like Bioshock. Bioshock yeah. and um, Grand Theft Auto, and you know. Oh, these, that's a good one. These these games yeah. where what you're doing is completely divorced from what you're actually from what you're supposed to be feeling. Um, but in this game, I'm not even sure if they knew what they wanted me to be feeling. And I that's what like really blows my mind. I mean, it's fun as um, kind of a toy to play around in, mm. but as far as a story and experience that they gave me, I don't. I think they fell off really, fell really short. I think one of the reasons I didn't mark off more for that idea, like the schizophrenicness of the story, was because I felt like a lot of that was due to their desire to keep like the set pieces going, to keep the action happening, to keep the violence going, like to keep all the things that I feel like someone told them was important in this game being successful. And it's hard for me to take off more than like one point for that because I feel like that was a major source of a lot of the game's problems. That is the that feels like the difference between the design by committee or design yeah, by somebody's point of view, right? Yeah. I, I, for me, I feel like that's really important. And, you know, if that's a one-point thing for you, that that's a huge knock for me. Well, how do you put it that way? Ready for the average score? Dum-dum-dum-dum. 7.9. Oh, well, <laughs> hold it down below the A. Technically, 7.875, but... It's okay, Tomb Raider on the easy grader. (laughs) 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 Alright, so any final points you want to bring up, uh, Den? Uh, I liked it. It's pretty. And it's fun. Would this have been better as a racing game? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with no. Nope. That's you know, good, because if we get to a point where we say yes about whatever action-adventure platformer, we say yes, that's bad. Wait, Will, when you were talking about the uh, Mirror's Edge mobile version, you were talking about it on a phone, right? Yeah. Okay. Is that any Was it like a temple run sort of thing, where you just like swipe up to go up? Or like on a, to um, climb up a pipe? It's really good. I'll show you an example of that. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, it's so, <laughs> yeah. Would it be good if it was a racing game? A temple, temple run starring Lara Croft. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like that would be like a whole different game. Well, that'd be, but uh, I kind of want it. Yeah, any final too. points or anything else you wanted to bring up, Roberto? Um, just that I really did love the game. I'm gonna. I just already bought the game on Steam, even though I have it on the PS3, and I probably will also buy it on the PS4. Um, I I really really did like the game. So you guys have my support. I'm looking forward. Now that Dan has mentioned that there is going to be a follow-up game, I am very much looking forward to it. So PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, that's as deep and dark and psychological as it sounds. I would love it too. So Nate, any final points? Nope. I think we've covered everything I want to talk about. So I guess that brings us to the end of our um, Emotive Pixels podcast, talking about Tomb Raider. Thanks for joining us, guys. Catch you later.